You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Now the Wednesday's upon us. It is the 2nd of August. Welcome to uh, August here, 2023. Time's moving fast, heading into uh, autumn here soon. Hopefully we get a little bit more summer, uh, eh? especially if you're, uh, you know, kind of further up north. You definitely uh, enjoy the warm weather. All right. Good uh, good to be back with you. Hope you're uh, hope you're doing well. Did have to done a no go zone here in uh, what is this two weeks maybe? So we've tried with sneaking in a little bit more interviews and stuff like that, and sometimes it's um, hard to do that and uh, uh, no go zone on the same week. So anyway, we were going to have Stephen McNallan on the show to talk about his nook, uh, his nook, his new book rather. Let's just shorten the word. His nook, right? New book. It makes sense. Uh, his new book, The Spear. Uh, and actually, he's speaking at Amron this year, which is which is great. Um, and uh, you know, we had, we were talking back and forth a little bit, and uh, I think we were going to do it actually after Amron, which is what is it, the uh, 13th to 17th or something like that. I forget what, what date it was, or well, 13th to 16th, maybe it is. Uh, so anyway, after that, that's coming up. I'm going to actually try to get Jared on before the conference if I can to squeeze that in, help to make a little bit of a push, kind of last minute there as well. Uh, but uh, no, we have other uh, people in the pipeline as well. Uh, so anyway, I decided to come on and do a no-go zone here today. Uh, the plan is, of course, to do no-go zone and that extra interview uh, a week as well. It's just uh, it's it's rough to do four shows uh, a week uh, with the smaller crew that we have. So by the way, it's always a good time to plug. If you do want to see us expand, we need help to get help. We need to pay people. In order to pay people, we need to have more members and make more money. That's just how it works. So if you want to step up to the plate to get a membership, it's only 10 bucks a month. Um, really nothing many people will miss if there's 10 US dollars gone uh, once a month and support Red Ice in the process. Please consider it. That's a great way of helping us out as well. We need a couple of more people aboard here so we can uh, step up and do uh, do more and do better. Anyway, that's, uh, that's enough of this. So uh, thank you for considering. So anyway, more stuff is coming up, but uh, we have a good show lined up for you today. We have to talk about the stuff that's happening between... It's really a kind of a new Cold War happening in, in Africa. Punch of coups and stuff like that. Russia is trying to get a stronger foothold. Uh, and some of it, of course, is kind of just um, uh, signaling and political or stuff like that. But, th- but it's also true that there is a battle uh, in this, you know, between the multipolar, in the po- multipolar world order between these different poles, essentially, that's rising up. And Russia want to get a foot in through Africa and get access to, you know, resources and minerals and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's kind of interesting to watch these coup and apparently like the French are being essentially uh, kicked out uh, and then Russia is uh, might or might not take that spot, but uh, they're definitely seeking to get in there. So that's something I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, then, of course, we have the stuff with Gonzalo Lira, right? Try to get out of Ukraine. we got to gotta talk about that a little bit, play some clips regarding that, too. Uh, and uh, it looks like, uh, well, at least judging from the uh, news, Ukraine's officially uh, official transsexual spokesperson uh, operating, I guess, West, the Western propaganda arm, at least, uh, gave us some, an update on that. And apparently he's been captured trying to uh, sneak into Hungary. Supposedly, we'll uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, then we'll see what else we get to. The AFD in Germany is advancing; they're doing pretty good. And uh, the uh, parties, other parties, the opposition to the AFD in Germany is therefore naturally, in true democratic fashion, trying to ban the party, right, and, ma- and outlawing this. And I, it's just too, it's too extreme. They're too extreme. So in order to safeguard democracy, now when more and more people are starting to vote for this party we should ban it, right? So that's some of the stuff coming up here. Uh, if you do want to join us, 
Send us a super chat, entropystream.live slash TV, and I'm going to refresh that a bit more often. Uh, last Friday, we got a couple coming in, and we didn't see it until the very end of the show. So if you didn't stick around, uh, we did read them. Sorry about that. Uh, sometimes it's kind of buggy. So if I refresh, it seems to work. Entropystream.live slash TV. You can also do it at Odyssey, odyssey.com forward slash at TV, uh, And then we have rumble rumble.com forward slash user forward slash red eyes tv they're all uh they're all over super chat enable hyper chat on odyssey rumble rants i think it is on rumble all right so anyway with that out of the way uh we should uh should i i do want to mention a little bit here in the beginning though the, the banking situation is kind of interesting this is not really uh, new. This has been happening for a while, but there certainly are escalating on this front. Uh, they're continuing to take down kind of larger and larger uh, names, if you will, companies and these things, right? So you had Mercola here recently, Dr. Joseph Mercola, uh, who was uh, on the show many years ago now, uh, actually. And of course, he's he was one of the disinformation dozen that the White House named. Which is interesting because they have done similar claims, right? Take the, um, what was it that when Trump, there's indictments and all that stuff now, but all the normie conservative and conning channels are covering all that. So I just feel there's no point in us doing it. It's still an important case. I mean, they're they're literally trying to get him on this disinformation issue, right? Of, of like, well, you shared wrongful information and then people acted. So it's your fault kind of thing, which could then have a, a set a standard, which is t- completely insane. Uh, essentially, what 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 would constitute this, you know, disinformation or malinformation? How how would you be able to ban people? Or would you would you be able to imprison people? All of this might be under the First Amendment, right? Uh, in the U.S., you might still um, be arrested and then put in jail for these kinds of things for saying the wrong thing, essentially, which is unbelievably uh, insane. But that's the direction it's going to, going to. And if they had their way, I mean, they would just they would just put everyone in the slammer or I guess kill them ultimately if they could just get their way. Just remove your political enemies as much as possible. But anyway, so as they're doing that with Trump, and it was this case of the in Georgia, right? The uh, uh, what were their names again? Uh, the two black women, right? There's a mo- mother and a daughter. I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, it'll come back to me. But uh, in Georgia, Fulton County, I think it was in Georgia, right, election fraud. And they went in front of the hearings and said that, oh, death threats. He mentioned us by name and all kinds of things. That's very dangerous to do, especially a president, you know, kind of thing. Uh, this Right, Ruby Freeman, right, where it was the mom's name, I believe, or was that the daughter? Anyway, one of them was Ruby Freeman. Uh, and I think they're doing a defamation lawsuit against Trump as well. But regardless... When the White House comes out and like names and shames 12 people like they did with the uh, uh, Joe Mercola, Dr. Joseph Mercola like that, uh, that is incredibly dangerous, right, to them and their safety. It's effectively saying these are the people that are spreading misinformation, right, about the COVID and the vaccine. And then they pump out this lie that if, if simply everyone would get vaccinated, it would disappear overnight. But these these crazy right-wing uh, racist conspiracy theorists just is, is spreading so much disinformation uh, that people are unfortunately unfortunately following for their uh, their crap and so therefore that's the reason why you know we're still in lockdown that's the reason your aunt died or your grandma died right do you think that will generate some level of ambiguity or not ambiguity uh, animosity is a better word <laughs> towards uh, Joseph Mercola yeah I would I would think so I hope he sues the White House. All those 12 should. I thought, maybe they did they do something? I just remember um, 
uh, Health Nut News. She mentioned, I think, something about that. I, I, I forgot to forgot to follow up on that, but uh, that would definitely have been interesting to see. Like, can they go after the White House for like naming them in that kind of capacity? But anyway, so I'm sure that's long story short. It's a hell of a long way to get back to this here. But uh, so what happened is, of course, that uh, uh, the, now they're, the, the the banks are going after one of these disinformation dozen, and it happened to some of the other people there too, right? We, Harriet uh, uh, Red Eyes, have had our bank accounts shut down. Uh, Mark Collett of Patriotic Alternative over in the UK has had his account, uh, you know, shut down. The date happens in multiple countries, like Nordic Resistance Movement, many of them, uh, and and of course their organization have had it shut down in Sweden, things like that. They're basically just, you know, axing whoever they they just consider to be inconvenient to them. Uh, that's the state of it now. Uh, so now they chose to, to uh, the uh, JP Morgan Chase chose to close uh, the business accounts uh, of uh, Dr. Joseph Mercola. Uh, and uh, by the way, I think it was his CEO as well and, and even family members. That's what uh, Mercola tweeted out here. Business accounts belonging to Joseph Mercola were closed abruptly by JP Morgan Chase. And those working for his company believe his skepticism of COVID-19 vaccines is behind the move. The incident is yet another example of an alarming trend of account closures by the bank targeted at conservative account holders. The bank accounts belong to Mercola Markets, a health business owned by Dr. Mercola, based in Cape Coral, Florida. On July 13th, Chase notified the company in a letter that it had closed its account operations by September. At the, t- at the same time, the company's CEO, Steve A. Rye, and his wife, along with CFO Amy Legaspi, were informed that they have until August to close their personal accounts and set up new ones at different at a different bank. According to a letter obtained by the Daily Caller News Foundation, the bank stated, quote, after careful consideration, of course, we got this, you know, we decided to close your accounts because of unexpected activity on this or another Chase, or, or just, or another Chase account. It was another account that had some suspected activity on it. You refused to submit, so um, ah, we're gonna, we're gonna kick you off, okay? And then people say, well, why was it with Chase and stuff like that? And this is one of the few banking, uh, not, not just this bank, but the big banks. I mean, it doesn't matter which one he would go to, and they very much might've done the same thing if it was with one of the other big ones, right? Wells Fargo, they're the ones who closed our accounts. Uh, and then, of course, they fucked us over on the back end, too, because they put on, on these reputational kind of blacklists, essentially, right? Um, so it's completely, you know, political, right? Uh, but anyway, this is a, it's a long story there of, of how the legal uh, the legal uh, uh, kind of leeway, I guess, the government gave the banks to do this or whatever. But as we know right now, it's, it's just 100% activism uh, in many of these corporations. Um, and so he kind of, these big banks are only the ones that like are able to process the amount that he does, right? He has a lot of business, does a lot of business, he does well. Uh, and so these smaller banks, as far as I understand it, are not able to process the amount essentially, right? So that's what's so insane. And that's one of the reasons why he needed some of these big banks essentially. Uh, but anyway, th- th- this is completely insane. And, and consider, put this in context to what we are learning right now about the COVID-19 vaccine as well, which makes this just even more disgusting, right? It's coming out now with the, tr- the, the, the tranches of these documents that Pfizer, among others, tried to keep a lid on for 75 years. And luckily we had a judge that uh, did away with that. And now they're releasing, I forget, p- by piecemeal every month. 
And so we're learning more and more all the time. And we're learning basically that Pfizer, Pfizer knew. <laughs> they, they knew about these horrific uh, side effects and death and myocarditis, pericarditis and all these issues that we've uh, talked about, right? Same thing with that Swiss study. We talked about it in detail in the latest Western Warrior show. If you want to find out more, uh, played some clip and st clips and stuff like that too regarding uh, you know what, what Pfizer knew, what, what Dr. Walensky knew, uh, all these people along the way that supposedly, right, FDA, CDC, they're supposed to like stand in the way and be you know responsible regulators and all that shit, completely out the window. All that's gone, and and uh, compared to the like the swine flu vaccination back in the 70s that had I forget what it was like 14 deaths or something like that reported, they shut down the entire program on this one. The latest, the COVID vaccine, nothing like that has happened. They've just continued, and in fact, they've pushed it even harder, and then censor people on top of it for daring to speak out and warn about it. Uh, that's what's so insane about it, right? That the, they recommended to pregnant women. They saw. Uh, tons of problems, right, in, in uh, uh, pregnant women. And of course, they couldn't even say pregnant women. Then the, the language is pregnant persons. That's what the uh, CDC, the, the language they had. But anyway, they, they all knew. Moderna, the, the Swiss study, that's what I'm going to mention. Um, around 3% of, of people that took the Moderna vaccine uh, were, got heart issues, right? My, myocarditis type or other related uh, inflammation of the myocardia. And that's that's huge considering how many millions were co coerced into taking this vax, right? We're talking tens of millions of people. And in some cases, they don't even know it, right? We'll say, well, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that if you don't know it and let's say you you ignore it, you, you might feel a little something off, right? If you, if you at, at that state would go and exercise really hard, push yourself, strain yourself, uh, you would actually get, uh, what was it, tri uh, troponin, I think it is, the chemical in the myocardia that would that's leaking into your heart and stuff like that. But it, it, long story short, it can basically lead to, to heart attacks. And, and uh, what have we seen every, every other week now? We get some celebrity. These are the big cases we hear about, of course, because, you know, um, uh, that's just how it works. But, but we know that there's a ton of people out there that are suffering, they're dying, you know, died suddenly, all these uh, you know, new terms we're learning about now. Uh, all the sports people, but they're celebrities. Every other week we hear about something. There was some, uh, there's some gay show called, uh, was it Dysphoria? Or what is it called? Euphoria? I don't know, something like gender dysphoria. It's some tranny show. But anyway, yeah, one of the 25-year-old uh, actors there, an Irish-American, uh, died. Uh, look, every case, of course, doesn't mean it's that, but but it's like mo definitely more frequent right now. But the point is, the Swiss had a, a rigorous, you know, thorough study on this, and uh, uh, it, it's all coming out. It's all coming out right now. So, of course, at this time, it would be the most important—not at this time now, but all that time since the vaccine uh, was was unleashed on us. We should have had, of course, more differing opinions. We should have had more debate than ever. We should have a, a broad range of opinions and signs and topics discussed. What happened? They went in the opposite direction. They started censoring everybody. They started to control the narrative, choked down on everybody that didn't comply. And so, of course, Mercola was, was one of this person here that probably was kind of squeezed out from this. And you know what? Let me take this opportunity to play uh, Dr. Uh, David Martin here on the history of of coronavirus in and of itself, and it's a, because it's a little bit related to the vaccine as well in the development. Right, we heard about Operation Warp Speed, and it took uh, my God, they did this in six months, and you know, uh, it's a, it's a miracle. You know, Trump is pushing this and all that stuff. Right, 
but uh, no, this has been going on for a long time, the research on, on these types of uh, viruses. It's somewhat of a longer clip, but let's play a little bit. I, I, I still think it's interesting. Then we'll return to the banking issue here too, but uh, check some of this out here. Most of you don't know that coronavirus as a model of a pathogen was isolated in 1965. <clears throat> coronavirus was identified in 1965 as one of the first infectious replicatable viral models that could be used to modify a series of other experiences of the human condition. It was isolated once upon a time associated with the common cold. But what's particularly interesting about its isolation in 1965 was that it was immediately identified as a pathogen that could be used and modified for a whole host of reasons. And you heard me correctly, that was 1965. And by the way, these slides are public domain. You're welcome to look at every single reference. Every comment that I made is based on published material. So do make sure that you look at those references. But in 1966, the very first COV coronavirus model was used as a transatlantic biological experiment in human manipulation. And you heard the date. 1966. I hope you're getting the point of what I'm saying. This is not an overnight thing. This is actually something that's been long in the making. A year before I was born, we had the first transatlantic coronavirus data sharing experiment between the United States and the United Kingdom. And in 1967, the year I was born, we did the first human trials on inoculating people with modified coronavirus. Isn't that amazing? 56 years ago, the overnight success of a pathogen that's been 56 years in engineering. And I want that to chill with all of you. Where were we when we actually allowed, in violation of biological and chemical weapons treaties, where were we as a human civilization when we thought it was an acceptable thing to do to take a pathogen for the United States and infect the world with it? Where was that conversation? And what should have been that conversation in 1967? That conversation wasn't had. Ironically, the common cold was turned into a chimera in the 1970s. And in 1975, 1976, and 1977, we started figuring out how to modify coronavirus by putting it into different animals, pigs and dogs. And not surprisingly, by the time we got to 1990, we found out that coronavirus as an infectious agent was an industrial problem for two primary industries, the industries of dogs and pigs. Dog breeders and pigs found that coronavirus created gastrointestinal problems, and that became the basis for Pfizer's first spike protein vaccine patent filed, are you ready for this, in 1990. Did you hear what I just said? 1990, Operation Warp Speed, I'm sorry, Where's the warp and the speed? Pfizer, 1990, the very first spike protein vaccine for coronavirus. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't it fascinating that we were, we were told that, well, the spike protein is a new thing. We just found out that that's the problem. No. 
As a matter of fact, we didn't just find out it was not just now, now the problem. We found that out in 1990 and filed the first patents on vaccines in 1990 for the spike protein of coronavirus. And who would have thought? Pfizer. Clearly the innocent organization that does nothing but promote human health. Clearly Pfizer. The organization that has not bought the votes in this chamber and in every chamber of every government around the world. Not that Pfizer. Certainly they wouldn't have had anything to do with this. But oh yes, they did. And in 1990, they found out that there was a problem with vaccines. They didn't work. You know why they didn't work? It turns out that coronavirus is a very malleable model. It transforms and it changes and it mutates over time. As a matter of fact, every publication on vaccines for coronavirus from 1990 until 2018, every single publication concluded that coronavirus escapes the vaccine impulse because it modifies and mutates too quickly for vaccines to be effective. And since 1990 to 2018, that is the published science, ladies and gentlemen. That's following the science. Following the science is their own indictment of their own programs that said it doesn't work. And there are thousands of publications to that effect, not a few hundred and not paid for by pharmaceutical companies. These are publications that are independent scientific research that shows unequivocally, including efforts of the chimera modifications made by Ralph Berk in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. All of them show vaccines do not work on coronavirus. That's the science. And that science has never been disputed. But then we had an interesting development in 2002, and this date is most important because in 2002, the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill patented, and I quote, an infectious replication defective clone of coronavirus. Listen to those words, infectious replication defective. What does that phrase actually mean? For those of you not familiar with language, let me unpack it for you. Infectious replication defective means a weapon. It means something meant to target an individual, but not have collateral damage to other individuals. That's what infectious replication defective means. And that patent was filed in 2002 on work funded by NIAID's Anthony Fauci from 1999 to 2002. And that work patented at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, mysteriously preceded SARS 1.0 by a year. (gasps) Dave, are you suggesting that SARS 1.0 wasn't from a wet market in Wuhan? Are you suggesting it might have come from a laboratory? in the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill? No, I'm not suggesting it. I'm telling you that's the facts. We engineered SARS. SARS is not a naturally occurring phenomenon. The naturally occurring phenomenon is called the common cold. It's called influenza-like illness. It's called gastroenteritis. That's the naturally occurring coronavirus. SARS 
is the research developed by humans weaponizing a life system model to actually attack human beings. And they patented it in 2002. There you go. All right. Anyway, interesting, huh? But I'll, uh, I'll leave that there with you. A little, uh, little tidbit right there. Uh, it's 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 a it's a weapon. It's a bioweapon, um, and of course the, the the vaccine more than anything is is the weapon, right? <laughs> the the virus in this case seems to have been used as the excuse, and then uh, you know using that to introduce the 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 actual uh, you know dangerous thing, which was the the vax. But anyway, uh, fascinating how uh, how that works, uh, and fascinating that they keep coming back to these kinds of things. We're 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 far from uh, until we secure uh you know <laughs> like order get get back our countries again and secure our, our our civilization essentially and get these people out they're doing shit like this they're gonna keep doing this to us it's gonna happen over and over again and, and, and until they're all gone uh, it's not gonna go away so that's the that's the sad reality of this here too that uh, we're gonna have to have people in jail anyway check out the latest uh western warrior if you want to have some more details on, on uh, some of the things we're learning now uh, about the vax. It's uh, pretty crazy stuff. The second wanderer on uh, Odyssey, good to see you, man, says, um, Hail the Pogmans. I've actually talked with someone recently who got the COVID vaccine, but now wishes he didn't. Discouraging yet, uh, yet encouraging news, knowing at least some are beginning to wake up to this lie. Yeah, it's it's late for, for many. Late in the game for many. Uh, and, and that's why the censorship is so pernicious here, right? Think of what the uh, the Biden White House did when they stepped in and asked Facebook to censor, right? They sent, uh, uh, what was it? Oh, well, this was internal communications on Facebook that came out between like uh, Zuck, Zuck and uh, Sandberg. What's her name again? Uh, I forget. Anyway, one of the one of the female heads over there. She's quit now. But anyway, uh, it was like, oh, we're, we're uh, getting, what was the wording they used? Unconstitutional pressure to remove, you know, things that are not, um, that are, there are, skeptical about the vaccine essentially which like this is a that's that's literally what what the first amendment is for right it's just to stop government coming in of controlling information and telling you what you can and can't say essentially um where where are the arrests can we get can we get people in jail who did this who directed this who uh, who recommended it how did the dialogue in internally go in the white house administration at the time punish them that's the only thing that's going to resolve this shit anyway so I want to get back to, uh, thank you for that uh, second one. Good, good to hear that, at least, that uh, one of your buddies are waking up a little bit to that. Uh, you just hope they got a good batch and are not, um, you know, injured. Um, at, at, I mean, at best, it would be like temporarily, but uh, man, I, I don't think we've seen the full full extent of this yet. yet. So one thing that's happening after um, Nigel Farage got his bank account shut down to dovetail that with the Mercola story uh, is that he's uh, apparently... Look, I'm not 100%. He has been successful on some things, and he's kind of been awful on some of the other things. Remember that clip we played about how he was proud to say that he destroyed the the right wing single handedly in the UK, you know, kind of thing. We played clips like that. So, and I thought he was a son of a banker too. I'm trying to find some info, but I can't find it. Uh, anyway, be that as it may, Brexit's Nigel Farage officially launches campaign to take on big banks. Farage has officially launched a campaign to take on the big banks and represent members of the public who have unjustly had their accounts shut following his own scandalous debanking over his political views. Will they help? Uh, will they help out him? And Mark, call it. 
going to be very interesting to, to see. Or is that going to be, oh, no, not those people, you know, kind of thing. After successfully leading the campaign to see the United Kingdom leave the EU, the globalist EU project, Brexit's Nigel Farage has a new target in his sights, the uh, increasingly woke and authoritarian banking system. And this is not a, uh, it's not a recent thing. The, <laughs> the banking system has been a, a problem from essentially day one, <laughs> you could argue, right? Uh, this, this is just a, the natural progression. Uh, of a system like that, it, it was just a, it was just a matter of w will we have all institutions controlled, everything locked down, control of the information, so that by the time we start booting people off and kicking them off from these services, no one will arrest us or make a big fuss of it uh, at, at least, right? Uh, but who, who knows? Maybe maybe he'll be able to achieve something, right? Here's a clip here. I'm launching a new campaign to fight back against the big banks that have let us down. We need to understand the scale of this national scandal. Together we can form a powerful group to lobby governments. Right, let's, I actually haven't listened to this yet. Let's see what he says here. It's a little longer, but let's check it out. Whoops. Here we go. Ah. Huh? Looks like X, X video is uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's down. What's going on? thought everything was, uh, was great over there. Is this? Here we go. Let's try this. It was on June 29th when I announced to the world that my accounts were being closed at a well-known UK bank. Little did I know that within a couple of hours, <laughs> we would find that the chief executive of NatWest would brief the BBC reasons that were simply untrue. What I later learned through my subject access request was the level of prejudice, vitriol and bile that there was within the bank, bank against me. I was closed out because I did not align with their values. Well, I was pretty shocked and it made my decision to come out after six weeks of thinking, if I say this, won't it be embarrassing? Won't it be shameful? Won't it damage my credit worthiness for the rest of my life? But in the end, I made that decision. Since that time, I've been absolutely stunned by the feed that's come in. I'm sure he's doing fine. Website. I've been sitting here from four o'clock every morning, just listening to people's tales of pain, woe, misery, anguish, and in many cases, despair followed by destruction. People's personal accounts, People's business accounts have been closed for a whole host of reasons. What do you think is going to happen when they have a C CBDC in place, right? I mean, it's complete control, complete lockdown. We just we <laughs> need to get out of the system. Luckily, it's it's kind of crumbling in on itself, but they might have pieces of this system in place before it's too rotten to, to even uphold uh, itself. Or the house of cards will come down at some point, but they might they might enjoy it for a little while. And, and in a way, I'm almost like, just, just fucking ban, ban everybody. You know what I mean? Just, just do it. A everybody you don't like, go ahead and do it. You know what I mean? Because in, in a way, let's just rip this Band-Aid off. The more of us it is, the better it's essentially going to be. It's not always about quantity, but it, it's definitely a, a plus to have that on your side as well. Uh, judging from who they're banning, in most, ca most cases, these would, these would basically essentially be normal, rational, individuals that are understanding for the most part what's going on in the world what the what the direction is what's happening to us and they're somehow complaining and speaking out right they're, they're somehow saying you know like I'm, we're, we have to say something about this everything's being destroyed our civilization's being destroyed our kids future is being robbed uh from us from them and we have to stop it maybe that's not every case of the of the accounts that were shut down but for, for many, of course, outspoken people, that has been the issue. You, you are you're you're a nationalist, or you're you're on 
you know, on the right, your right wing, a conservative, something like that. That's that's the primary reason. Some of them are political. That's set to get worse as they begin to monitor the social media activity of every bank customer. More of them come under the guise of being commercial. You've received a payment. You've made a payment. It's not what you normally do. Suddenly, you're suspected of being a money launderer under regulations that are excessive and compliance control that is completely out of touch from reality. Do you know, for every one pound of laundered money that's found in the UK banking system, the cost of finding it is £100. The whole thing is a sledgehammer to miss the nut. I've had others contact me to say they're running businesses, they're taking cash, and the banks don't want to accept the cash over the counter. What I say over the counter... That's if you're lucky enough to have a local... Yeah, someone says in chat here, absolutely correct. Uh, the uh, the Iceberg Melt says uh, Farage was silent when it uh, happened to others many years ago. That, that's absolutely right. And that's why I kind of feel... I, I would have felt more sympathy for the guy if he was, like, outspoken. But as I said, we, once I found that clip of him saying he'd destroy... He, Farage was on, on uh, Red Ice, uh, like, <laughs> what was it, 2010 or something like that? Um and I mean, he did the Brexit thing. He did well, you know, kind of thing. But on the immig- overall, on the immigration issue, he's been he's been pretty bad, to be honest. You know, what I mean, he's been critical, but like he could have said a lot more. And again, his smugness when he talked about how he, I personally destroy, I, I'm an a racist. I I destroyed the right wing. Well, maybe if there was a unified, strong right wing in the UK right now, Nigel, maybe what happened to you wouldn't have happened, or maybe it would have had more power. And you could have done more than just set up a website and start collecting stories. Look, I, I understand there's more to come, but yes, it's 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 aggravating to see these people, you know, c- come crawling along later on when it's happening to them, and you know, then then they're forced to go out on a limb, as opposed to when it's you know not safe to go out on the limb, right? Bank because five thousand branches have closed since 2015 alone. We're living in an extraordinary time. We bailed out the banks in 2008 and 2009, when through their own greed and stupidity, they almost brought down the entirety of our economy. And our reward has been branch closures, account closures, and and frankly, a system in which they make billions every year. The UK banking industry last year making 35 billion, and the service gets worse and worse. These are yeah, exactly. I was going to say. I mean. Just think of the system overall, the way that it's set up, right? With uh, the fractional reserve banking and, uh, uh, you know, quantitative easing. I'm, I'm sure they have, you know, I, I don't think that's just a, a specific American um, uh, method that the banking system employs. I would assume it's it's all the same worldwide. But the point is, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's designed... Uh, this way to, um, to, I mean, eventually we know it will crash the, the, the economic system. It's just, it's just about temporarily squeeze out as much as you can. And uh, this will still at that level have been then wealth generated for the elite. And you'll have a lot of rich people that ultimately with that money, they can buy a lot of things, they can do a lot of things, they can prepare in their own day, they can buy their doomsday shelters and bunkers and all that stuff. And then, of course, they, they light up the powder keg like they're doing now. And uh, they, they think they're going to get away with this and, and, and be safe with whatever they have or what, whatnot. Uh, I, I hope they're not. I hope that there's an awful lot of people here that uh, need to have consequences coming their way for, for partaking in this 
system, the destruction of it, be that financial, uh, you know, cultural with the open borders and uh, you know, academic, scientific, the media environment, information flows, etc. But anyway, I'm 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 uh, rambling here. Let's uh, see what Farage say here. Not normal private companies, partly because they were bailed out with taxpayers' money, but also because banking is as essential as water and electricity in your home. I've been stunned by the reaction, but I've as yet no idea of the scale of it. We've seen political response to it. Certainly, Rishi Sunak and others responding very, very quickly. Even Keir Starmer saying that he thought what had happened to my account was wrong. Yes, yeah, sure, there are a few crackpot voices who don't think this matters. But generally, I've never received such cross-party consensus. What I've become acutely aware of is that most people who have this happen to them feel helpless. There's no one to speak for them. And I think what's emerging is a major national scandal. You can't live without a bank account in the 21st century. So what I want to do on a completely non-political, non-partisan way is to stand up for all of those who have been debanked, all of those who've had their accounts frozen, all of those who've been treated unfairly and wrongly by our banks. And that's why right now we are launching this website, accountclosed.org. All right. Anyway, he goes on there two more minutes, but uh, all right, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what he can do. We, we, we can give him a chance at least. Um, I'm, I'm very split in, ter in terms of Farage. You know, I mean, uh, he, he has done some good things naturally, right? Uh, but yeah, no, here's the, here's some headlines. Uh, the Guardian here. Pity Nigel Farage as he is deemed too horrible to bank with the elite at Coots. Too horrible. That's right. He says, oh, did you get some? That means you, what did you say that was so wrong? I've seen that from, the, this is the discussion of the leftist now. Oh, that, it's almost a confirmation that you're, you're a horrible person because they shut you down. It's this. Look at the leftists come crawling to banker author. You know, uh, bankers as an authority now on on you know judging people and their character. It's it's unbelievable. I saw some other tweets too. People, are, oh, can they shut down his water next and stuff? And 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 I replied to that person like, look, um, or I quote tweeted it, quote exed it, and um, I said like, look, if the when these people have full control, which they're Oh, they're almost there, right? It, it, it's it's very close right now, but they're, they're, it's not. They don't have it in the bag, and there's opposition rising every every single day in different in different ways. Um, they will sh if they do get that control and and full you know system lockdown essentially, they will kick out every single person that they don't like. Uh, that they'll cut off vital services, be that you know the the CBDC or the water, or the electricity or whatever and it's absolutely horrific uh, that they're allowed to do this. So yes, naturally there must be a mainstream uh mainstream if you will led uh, sad as it is. I wish there was other people stepping up but you, you you need notoriety, you need leadership, you need people to come 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 to it and if it's fraud so be it. Again, not not 100% happy with it but you know 75 maybe. Um and lead that campaign to 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 uh, to to crush this behavior of these banks. Ultimately, I think we'd love to have our own, uh, uh, you know, perpendicular uh, institutions and stuff. But uh, re reality points to the fact that we're not there yet. At the same time, I'm you know, as, as as I'm talking about it, you also see that the the that would help the legitimacy of forcing them to do or not do something. Ideally, 
you would have people that had the leadership and know-how enough to set up our own systems and our own banks and all those kinds of things and just leave, right? But uh, again, we, that that's that's ideal at this point. Won't happen. Uh, let me see here. Um, Archie, good to see Archie, says, Today, Collett mentioned that Chancellor Jeremy Hunt was denied a bank account by Monzo. Interesting, because he is a politically exposed person. Language is great on these, right? Jeremy Hunt denied a bank account by Monzo, with Chancellor joining other politicians in being blocked due to controversial anti-money laundering rules. So it's okay, as Nigel Farage repeats demand for government action. Uh, Anti-money laundering rules. Okay, so is that just a bullshit thing they're using to go after people they don't like? Where's Jeremy Hunt? Where's he? Is he uh, is he conservative? I, I've, I've heard the name many times. It just doesn't ring a bell immediately. Chancellor Jeremy Hunt. Yeah. Let me see if I can recognize him. Is he um, is he decent or is he another yeah, British conservative? Okay. Yeah. No, I've seen him a few times. Okay. Uh, he's he's probably as normie tier what Tories as you can be. I would I would assume. But it, but I mean that's the point here too. Now that the, these lunatics on on for the most part the left the the, the anti uh, anti Western you know just the globalist fucking shills whatever call them what you want they they just cannot stop they they will go after everybody if they can anyway he's uh, it's revealed. To have been denied a bank account with Monzo amid an ongoing row over labor- le- laborious anti-money and laundering rules, there's a growing concern about action being taken by banks in relation to so-called politically exposed persons. Yeah, what the fuck does that even mean? The Treasury has demanded swift action from Banking Watchdog, the Financial Conduct Authority, over its guidance on PEPs. More seems to be happening quicker in the UK over this than in a country like uh, Sweden or America. Uh, we hope that more happens there, and maybe this is more talk. But you know, it, it seems to be moving quicker. Good, good for good for the Brits. You know, MPs have expressed fears that customers' accounts are being closed because of their political views, and um, he, they go relitigate the Nigel Farage stuff. There, it has emerged that Mr. Hunt recently joked in cabinet about being turned down for an account by Monzo, the, the online bank. So he's obviously he has accounts. He said it's fine. It was just that he couldn't open a new one, presumably. Uh, it wouldn't be until he actually gets all his other ones closed or something like that 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 you know that'd be really uh, getting angry at these people. So as long as it's not happening to them on a full scale, uh, I, I would assume their response would be fairly lazy. But we'll see. Thanks for that link, uh, Archie. Good stuff. Uh, maybe next time says uh, International Day of Pro White Action. Uh, what? Eight. A topo, a a topo. I can barely see that. It's uh, the color is all weird on that. Um, oh, there it is above. Okay, I missed that one. That's why. Okay, let me see what uh, a topo says here. If that's how I pronounce the name. Uh, don't forget International uh, Day of Pro White Action, August fourteenth. Uh, PA, NJP, and others among the organizers. I've actually not seen. Oh no, no. Marcus talked about this many times before. Okay, that that's right. That's right. Um, okay, good. August fourteenth coming up. Okay, good. What was it? The other one. It was another one. Um, I sh- we should do we should do a little like schedule. <laughs> you know, what I mean, just an easy schedule. It's so easy to forget uh, certain dates, but you know, certain anniversaries and stuff like that. Just to just a quick mention and a note. You know what I mean? Whether it's uh, over, you know, a 
uh, Eba Okilund, you know, or a Canon Hinnant, or you know, any any of these low line France or something like. Just a just a quick mention, like you know, a year ago today this happened, two years ago today this happened, or yeah, today there's activism or certain groups that are you know asking people to step out there. Thanks for the uh, the uh, nudge on that there. Appreciate that. Schedule, not something we need. All right. So I think we got the banking thing there for uh, for now at least. Now this is this is just I mean, this is not news necessarily, but it's just to it's just to show to you how utterly insane and disgusting and degenerate many of these celebrities are. Right, and again they're highly promoted. Maybe Liz was the the gal who got her hands on the. Uh, the crystal flute was a Jefferson's crystal flute to, to do some concert with it a, a while ago, whatever. And then with things like this, come on, you're like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like, not, not that this is, it is surprising, but but not that it's super <laughs> surprising considering like how already the degenerate their like stage performances is and uh, uh, ugly and disgusting it is. But anyway, apparently Lizzo, the the, the super large. Uh, uh, African uh, singer in, in the U.S. forced dancers to eat bananas from sex workers' vaginas during Amsterdam trip. Bombshell lawsuit, uh, page six here, here says, three of Lizzo's former dancers are suing the good as hell performer as well as Big Girl Big Touring and Charlene Quigley for allegedly subjecting them to endure weight shaming. What? Wait a minute, who's, is this Lizzo then? That, okay, I know. Okay, well, maybe they could shame each other to, to, I don't know, lose a couple of pounds, not too concerned with that. But anyway, more important thing here, or important but more disgusting thing, uh, also uh, for sexually denigrating behavior and pressuring them to participate in disturbing sex shows. Plaintiffs, Ariana Davis and Crystal Williams claim in the lawsuit filed Tuesday. First, like, okay, this is just to get money out of it, but presumably they wouldn't do it this over the top and this absurd, right? So this this got to be true. <laughs> this is, I, I don't know who could even come up with this. We're going to put a hmm, checks notes a banana. Well, maybe that's not that far. Anyway, let's not get into that. But anyway, we're going to put a banana in, uh, I don't know, this prostitute's vagina here now when we're in Amsterdam doing a tour, and you need to eat them. It sounds very, you know, it, it probably, so it probably happened. Uh, so anyway, this uh, lawsuit is filed by these two women, uh, obtained by page six, and they were eventually fired while the third plaintiff, Noel Rodriguez, resigned over this stunning quote-unquote behavior. While on a concert trip with the Grammy Award-winning artist to Amsterdam in February 2023, the plaintiffs claim Lizzo invited them for a night out in the town which ended in the city's red-light district. <laughs> the area is known for its sex theaters, sex shops, and clubs and bars with nude where nudity is on full display. This is, of course, where the triple X comes from, right? That's the coat of arms of, of Amsterdam, by the way. Um... Here's one of them, Ariana Davis. Wow, they all kind of look the same, doesn't it? Rodriguez, and here's... Uh, no, that was Davis again, okay. Here is Charlene Quigley. The lawsuit states, things quickly got out of hand. Lizzo began inviting cast members to take turns touching the nude performers, catching dildos launched from the performers' vaginas, and eating bananas. 
protruding from the performer's vaginas. The lawsuit also claims Lizzo allegedly pressured and goaded Davis into touching one nude performer's breasts. <clears throat> so this is funny to them here. Uh, the plaintiffs claim that just a month later, Lizzo 35 deceived them once again into attending a new show, thereby robbing them of the choice not to participate, the document states. Davis also claimed the lawsuit that at one point she had no choice but to soil herself on stage during an excruciating re-audition, fearing the repercussions of excusing herself to go to the restroom. Woo! Eventually, Lizzo allegedly fired Davis on the spot after learning Davis had recorded one of their meetings, even though it was in order to have a copy of the notes the artist provided, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. She, uh, but yeah, really, I could, who could have seen this coming, considering everything she's been doing? Uh, the stunning nature of how Lizzo and her management team treated their performance seemed to go against everything Lizzo stands for publicly. While privately, she weight shames her dancers and demands them in ways, demeans them in ways that are absolutely demoralizing, the plaintiff's attorney Ron Zambrano said in a statement. Why didn't she pick uh, less fat dancers then, if that's a problem for her? Maybe she's trying to help them? <laughs> Maybe someone needs to help her. How about that? You got this going on, you got bigger problems than, uh, than fat dancers, let me tell you that. All right. Anyway, absolutely disgusting, right? But uh, this is so. This is the world of entertainers, naturally, obviously. Who could have guessed, right? Speaking of that, I saw this. Uh, uh, Millennial Woes had a good article up about actually uh, Sinead O'Connor, right? Which we went through last Friday. Some of her anti-white antics and uh, her conversion to Islam and stuff. And and Woes had a lengthy Substack about this. Uh, but I saw a link in there which I didn't know, right? We've had John Waters on the show before too, and I'm actually going to get. Uh, uh, Gemma or Dorothy, I'm, I'm just talking with her over email, so I'm going to get her on the show here soon too, hopefully. Uh, but um, apparently Shane O'Connor wanted these two to be arrested. And apparently, actually, John Waters, which I, I didn't know, uh, but was there in the article, actually ha have a child together with Shane O'Connor. Um, she has four kids, and of course, one uh, committed suicide, and then most likely she actually killed herself too. She was awfully manic depressive, or what was it, borderline personality disorder, and stuff like that. Huge mental mental problems. So it's it's not a big you know stretch then or a big leap, I guess, uh, to realize that uh, anybody who goes against her political views needs to be arrested promptly. By the way. Uh, it's, remember that uh, the, the studies that finally came out about left wingers were more prone to like mental illness <laughs> and stuff like. We, look, we don't really need the studies, but I'm happy we got the studies. Okay. Sinead O'Connor has launched a petition calling for the arrest of Irish far right figures John Waters and Gemma O'Dorothy for incitement to racial discrimination. <laughs> Irish singer Sinead O'Connor has launched a petition calling for the arrest of these two. After they question Leo Vardikar's right to serve as uh, Prime Minister, I think it is, right? I, my uh, Welsh, is that Welsh? My, uh, my Irish, I should say, is not not the best. Taiste, Taiste, on the basis that he's not Irish. And of course, they've said a lot more than that, that is completely reasonable in terms of what's happening right now in Ireland with the open borders. It, it's basically like a, a war happening right now. So I want to get uh, uh, Gemma on the show. There, there's a couple of other. Uh, would love to get Michael Brazil on, the Irish. Um, what's his name? T 
Tin, Kin, what is it again? <laughs> the, the channel is pretty good. I follow it on Telegram. Uh, him and uh, there's one more gentleman we've reached out to do a kind of little mini series on, just on, on how bad it is in Ireland right now. It's it's like you know a lot of anti-immigrant protesters out there uh, uh, trying to stop the flood of migrants and the illegals coming into the country. And then, of course, the the guardie, the police there in Ireland is going after, obviously, the peaceful protesters while releasing pedophiles back on the street. I mean, it's absolutely insane. So we've got to follow up on that. But anyway, the point is, it's completely rational, rational, sensible, understandable that those who have a brain left speak out about these kinds of things. They kind of hone in on Leo Vardkar because it's like this. It's kind of one of those Homza Yusuf thing, you know what I mean? Oh, look, look, they're going after this perfectly innocent, just uh, uh, lead, political leader we have, and for no reason whatsoever. Uh, that's not really the important part. Symbolically, it's important, but like it, it, it's more important uh, in terms of what's happening out there for, 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 for people, you know, with the open borders. Anyway. Long story short, she said here, um, she said that Waters and O'Dorothy have been allowed to wander this country spouting their sickening racial and religious abuse with legal consequences, without legal consequences for too long. She also said that the pair insulted all immigrants of Ireland with their recent comments about Vardkar and called them both to be arrested in light of the recent vile remarks about Leo Vardkar, which are an insult to all immigrants to Ireland. We call for the Irish state to apply the laws of the land and immediately arrest them both for incitement to racial discrimination and breach of our anti-discrimination law. So it's that like, you know, freedom of expression. But if these leftists thinks it's hate speech, then, of course, uh, you're not allowed to say it. So as I say, uh, speech that they hate, they deem uh, hate speech. And then they try to put you in the slammer. Not a big surprise. Uh, but anyway, I didn't know she had done that, so I wanted to just bring that bio because, of course, she she passed away here, Sinead O'Connor, uh, not too long ago. Uh, all right. So actually, we'll yeah, we have. Okay, we'll let's do that a little bit later. We'll re- we'll return to the uh, kind of. There's another. There's another celebrity that passed away here recently, and I just wanted to note a couple of headlines, but we'll get to that in a bit. I did want to uh, did want to talk about. Um, What's going on in uh, Germany a little bit? We have some good, positive uh, developments on the front of um, nationalism, essentially, in uh, Germany. And now, of course, they're seeking to uh, ban them outright. German Intel AFD taken over by extremist fashion. The uh, Deutsche Welt had here from uh, a couple of days ago. The far right Alternative for Germany party has become increasingly influenced by extremist conspiracy theorists, according to head of the German domestic intelligence. Shut, shut them all down, uh, ban the party. This is uh, a sensible, reasonable text here, right? The head of Germany's domestic intelligence agency has warned that the alternative for Germany has become increasingly extremist, anti-democratic. That's the far-right party surging in opinion polls. So, so as check that out. It, it's kind of, as more and more people are slated to vote for a party like this, and they are advancing, in other words, utilizing the democratic process, they are seeking to step in and say, you should not be allowed to vote for this party. Because we got a, we got a safeguard democracy, you see? Thomas Haldenwang, president of Germany's Federal Office for the Protection of the Constitution. That's a, 
the protection of the not the German people, right? Not like what's on the Reichstag, where like für dein uh, für der uh, uh, Deutsche Volk, right? <laughs> All that's out the window. I'm surprised they still have that on there. No, it's the, for the protection of the Constitution. That's what it's right. Uh, that's what it's for. He told the DPA news agency that some of the AFD candidates have expressed far-right extremist conspiracy theories during the party conference in Magdeburg, where the selections were made over the weekend. And, and of course, the, the Deutsche Welt has to do that. Uh, uh, they have to do that like classic. Just let, let's take a picture where he's closing his eyes and his kind of his teeth are kind of protruding a little bit, and that's. No, normally, subconsciously, they'll think he looks weird. He'll, they, he thinks he'll look like a mutant. That's going to make them. Uh, that's going to make them turn on him. Haldenwang said party members were swapping openly racist theories. Swapping racist theories. What is it? Okay, you mean some one person says it, and then the other ones, you know, said, "Oh yeah, that's right. That's what they're doing," and he repeats it. Is that what he mean? Uh, anyway, such as the Great Replacement, because that is totally not happening, which holds that political elites are deliberately introducing non-white migrants into Europe to supplant the white race. We literally had uh, Humza Yusuf just a couple of days ago saying, oh, there's an aging population in Scotland, so we have to open our borders and bring in more of them, right? Let's see if I can find one graph graphic here real quick. So, of course, that's objectively true, but whatever. They, they just try to claim it's not happening. When they say it, it's good and then it is happening, but, uh, you know, otherwise it's not good. Uh, let me see. Pop, maybe population. Maybe Europe. Let's try that. All right. Um, Haldenwang said party members were swapping. Okay, so that um, xenophobic agitation. The Magdeburg Conference once again confirmed our assessment that there are strong anti-constitutional currents within the party whose influence is increasing. Haldenwang said any moderates remaining in the AFD has been almost totally sidelined in the weekend's selection. Excellent. That's great news. I hope that that's true. Uh, this is uh, absolutely what we need at this time. Man, I really got to find that graph of the projected population. Let me search for population. See if I can find it that way. Sorry, guys, but it's a, it's a perfect graph that shows just like if current immigration stats <laughs> continues, uh, Europe will be... Here it is, here it is. Uh, now, they have done Muslim populations, which is like, okay, uh, you know, but but does that mean it's... it's They have excluded some other demographic racial groups because they're just focusing on religion? I'm not sure how that goes, but regardless, right? This is the mosque buildings right now in, uh, uh, in, uh, in Europe. Russia is going strong, by the way, with 8,000. That's, of course, why Putin came out and had to defend the Quran and say, well, you can't burn that. Idiot. Uh, Muslim population by 20, uh, 2,200. Here's the projections, right? A couple of different sources. Uh, more than 75% will be Muslim population by 2,200 uh, is the following countries. Sweden, the UK, Ireland, France, Italy, is that uh, Switzerland there? Uh, Belgium, Greece, you have, the fuck is that uh, Estonia? The Latvia, Estonia, which country is that? The, in, the, in the 
the bottom of the three Baltic is that I always forget the order of them. Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. I forget which one it is, but that wasn't that bad there. Okay. But anyway, so yeah, point is, uh, great replacement, totally not happening, folks. Nothing to worry about. Anyway, they said there are strong anti-constitutional currents within the party whose influence is increasing. Halavag said any moderates remaining have been purged. Uh, Irmin Bosdorf, who came ninth in this election, adopted the term remigration. Perfect. Very good. Good stuff. Finally, let's go. We said this in the Western world. We gotta normalize this. The new, the new, you know, as 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 the Charlie Kirks, you know, up the ante and start talking about anti-white things or you know, replacement of some kind, uh, Amy Mech, you know, we've, uh, we've we talked about this in the West Point Show uh, in more detail, but as, as they post some of these clips about like how bad it is with, with Muslim populations and stuff like that, they're just normalizing that the, the default, obviously, naturally, position here is we need to, they need to re-migrate. We need to deport these people. Uh, these are our countries and uh, we, you've overstayed your welcome. Okay, we, we don't want it anymore. We're going to, uh, we're going to, share the information of what it is that's happening with our people so that they can determine whether they want this or not. I bet you the majority of people, if they knew in Europe that this was happening, the trajectory, the projections of the replacement, it's not even talking about the crime, the problems, the issues, the the gang rapes, the, the violence, right, the gang criminality and these kinds of things. But just that alone, I think people would be like, all right, we're done. We're like, we're not doing this. We're not going to let our kids grow up as much hated, resented, violently attacked minorities in our countries. Uh, so yes, th this needs to be uh, the, the common default position within anyone that has a, that has their head screwed on right, that are sensible and rational and reasonable about these kinds of issues. Remigration is the only solution here. Uh, otherwise, there will be civil war in, in, uh, in Europe. It's, it's, you're, it's impossible to square the circle. It's impossible to try to achieve what they're seeking to achieve. Um, at least officially, right? We, mo we know most of that is a lie. We know that the establishment actually benefits from the chaos. There are capitalist banking, uh, you know, institutions, uh, corporations that are benefiting from this because ultimately, you know, these people, they need houses, they take out loans, they need cars, they need cheap shit from, that they buy from China from these companies. And that's all that the, the short term, um, the only, only thing they're concerned with short term. It's just, let's just keep this system going for as long as we can, just import the meat and then just keep giving loans, keep keep growing, you know the the uh, you know the GDP. But even that's not working. And and at the end of the at, at the end of the day, that's going to collapse, right? Uh, previously spread by the extreme nationalist identitarian movement, uh, yeah, the remigration uh, thing. See, so it's 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 trickling upward. Can we say that? Good stuff. It's fantastic. Normal default state of conservatives and patriots, nationalist is they need to go back. They need to go back. We, look, we can be nice about this. We can do it in a, as, as the, as the uh, Compact uh, for Global Migration says, right? Uh, the, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. They're talking about this orderly and regular migration, right? As a way to lift these people from the third world out of poverty. They need to come to the West. But then squaring the circle, we have to also have environmental. We got to do the green transition at the same time as we just increase in millions and millions of people each year. It's impossible impossible to do what they want to do but the default position is they need to go back home okay and that seems to be happening and fairly quick
She said Germans should fear man-made population change more than man-made climate change. That's absolutely correct. That's one thing uh, that is actually affecting people at a uh, far more uh, intense level. It's not just that we're oh we're getting summer and summer temperatures or whatnot. Look, we're coming out of a Mondor Mir- uh, we're, we're coming out of a mini ice age, right? Um, more or less. And so you know, there's it's been a natural warming uh, period, but but most likely because of the Mondor minimum, we're going actually into a colder. Uh, climates, larger climate cycle. Uh, no one knows exactly when, but sooner or later, right? So enjoy, enjoy the enjoy the warmth now while you can. Uh, all right. Anyway, Nazi echoes. It's all the same thing. Bjorn Hooker recently said, uh, "This EU must die, so that the true Europe may live." Is a good good comment. He's the uh, party head in the state of uh, Thuring- Thuringia. 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 How do you pronounce that? I think something like that. The historian Mateusz Wehowski tweeted that this echoed a headline from the Nazi. Well, he they said something the Nazis said. <laughs> well, that's that's Hitler also drank water and he breathed air and uh, he ate food. Checkmate Nazis, but they're not really Nazis. So therefore, well, but uh, but you know they're not literal Nazis, but they use the same terms and they do the and they did the same thing as Hitler. So therefore, they are Nazis. So then. Uh, we can we can starve them out and we can make them die by by saying that uh, the Nazi party did something uh, and now and now you're forced to uh, you know, now you must abandon your behavior. All right. Um, yeah, the historians at Twitter echoed from Nazi era newspaper, which said German soldiers had died in Stalingrad so that Germany may live. How's that? That's even the EU must die so the true Europe may live. That's just that's not even not even close. <laughs> That's not even it's not even close. There he's talking about the sacrifice of his own people, and it was just concerning Germany. Now they're talking about the EU as an institution. So that Europe may live. I don't, know, I don't see any comparison. Uh, but anyway, they're very concerned. Is this in uh, controversial after people that we want diplomacy to work? Yeah, see? See how see what, what uh, racist bigots these people are? They want dip- they want diplomacy to work? The hell? Um Politico had a story here too. German far right picks EU lead candidate wants European anti-migrant fortress. Good. That's exactly what we need right now. AFD slams EU as deeply undemocratic and questions legitimacy of the European Parliament, but still hopes to gain seats in the assembly. Man, they got it. Just get off of your knees, Germany. And uh, and get this uh, get this done. We know that uh, sooner or later we're going to have to. Uh, this this is an inevitable trajectory. And personally, I think it's just better to, to do this sooner rather than later. Uh, do it um, do it orderly. And um, you know, did I finish that point about the sustainable development goals? Maybe I didn't. But yeah, they have orderly and regular migration. Well, in just in the same way, we'll have orderly and fa- very efficiently run programs that can get these uh, uh, people who've been staying in our countries for a while back home to their home country. Uh, that way they don't have to live with racists. And uh, that's how you solve racism. Right? You, you solve racism by letting people have their own uh, ethnic territories. It's very simple. Uh, I mean, we see the CFR and foreign policy journals and stuff like that. They're advocating for a Kurdish ethnic ethnostate. Have you seen that? Kurdistan? They actually went to Kurdistan. Uh, these people are, you know, they deserve this. It would be great. And then they turn around and they're just like, but these European, these racist Europeans, they need to be replaced. 
All right, Germany's increasingly popular far-right alternative for Germany party elected the controversial MEE Maximilian Krah as its lead candidate for next year's European Parliament election. Great. While vowing to challenge the EU from the inside and turn it into a fortress against migrants. More than 65% of the about uh, of the about 600 AFD delegates uh, at a party gathering on Saturday in Magdeburg in eastern Germany state of Saxony-Anhalt voted for Kra as their lead candidate for the European Parliament election will which will take place June 6 to the 9th next year. We're now the most exciting right-wing party in all of Europe, Kraus said in a speech in Magdeburg. He argued that the AFD, which advocates anti-immigration, climate change denying, no, just sensible uh, climate change, is you importing millions of people and expecting them to live according to our standards. That That's, that's, that's going to be bad for climate right there. Just like the SNP chopping down 16 million trees to give way for wind farms, right? The Scottish National Party. Uh, same thing there. Same thing, right? With, uh, with a growing population, more needs, more housing, more energy, more food, more consumption, more, you know, blah, 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 blah. Russia friendly, ooh, an adept and a deeply Eurosceptic positions would not adapt to less radical stances in order to attract more voters or form alliances as other right wing parties would allegedly do. Good. They shouldn't. Uh, they sh- why should they uh, uh, fold? Stand your ground and watch the people come flooding to you. Because it's the only. It's f- interesting too with the AFD because they, they were basically, I believe, one of the only sensible parties when it comes to the energy situation in Germany. All the others, other ones, are basically like just pure suicide, essentially, considering up the bad state now uh, after the uh, terrorist attack of on the Nord Stream. And uh, they're like, all right, well, we. Uh, Obviously, have to build more nuclear power plants, and we can't uh, decommission all these uh, coal power plants. Actually, they're, I think they are opting for that. Nonetheless, they're like forced to do it, ironically now. But um, anyway, good. This is uh, this is great news. Uh, good for the AFD that they're continuing to advance. Uh, hopefully, they're they're strong enough. Hopefully, they're not uh, they're not a uh, brothers was it brothers of Italy. Uh, Georgia Maloney type uh, people here that will just uh, say one thing and then once they get in, they'll do something completely uh, different. I hope not. Uh, Bjorn Hucke, by the way, too. Noteworthy. The leader of uh, the this this portion there, or the uh, Thuringia, right, region, uh, Bjorn Hucke, had, had this uh, regarding his uh, past here, his history, right? His grandparents were some of the millions of ethnic Germans who were expelled from East Prussia during the post-World War II. During post-World War II, I think it should be. Uh, today divided and part of Russian Federation, Poland and Lithuania by the Soviet and Polish authorities. Interestingly, German media claims that Mr. Hocke is closely tied to national socialist movements all over Germany, especially the National Democratic Party of Germany, the, quote, most significant neo-national socialist party to emerge after 1945. Well, there you go. When, when did you learn that in the history books that Germans were expelled? When when did you learn about the open-air prisons after World War II and uh, Eisenhower's uh, camps, right? When did you learn about the, the 60 million or whatever the exact number is now of Europeans that died during this conflict, right? And all they can do is, oh, Nazis! Nazis! That's all they have, folks. All they have. Alright, so good for them. I'm glad AFD is advancing good stuff all right this we have going on too in switzerland uh swiss 
Nationalists prepare for upcoming re-migration rally with recruitment posters. Here's uh, Klaus Arminius here on Twitter. Make sure you follow him. Uh, he does have a telegram to Arminius News. Faced with the insecurity generated by massive immigration, more and more young people are joining nationalist groups to train and participate in different types of group action. And here's uh, some of the footage right there. One day for no reason. What in the world could be causing these crazy people to want to go out in the streets and fight for their future and for their children's future? Isn't that, isn't that odd? I thought we had that. Uh, thought we had that done away with by now, right? I thought we'd uh, we just we've dealt with this problem. No, no. It's for some reason they're reacting to everything we're doing to them. Uh, it's so bizarre. I know it's strange. All right. Let's. Uh, Oh, yeah, exactly. Look at the Fed. Yeah, someone in chat. Exactly. Yeah, look at the feds. <laughs> look at the feds. They're covering up. Holy shit. Look at this. Look at the IRA. Uh, there are feds. They're fi they're not fat, and they have a, they're trying to hide their identity. I wonder why they're trying to hide their identity right now. Uh, yeah, maybe Nigel Farage is a good example, right? Well, you're, you'll have your bank accounts shut down as soon as you uh, speak out. Your, your future could be ruined forever. That's why. The reason why you, you're, you're disguising is that you're actually uh, <laughs> problematic to the establishment. Anyway, yeah, it's funny when they say that. Uh, are, there, are, are there feds doing... Of course, it's also to deny that that's happening, but it's this default. It, it must... The, the only reasonable thing is that they, they must be feds, right? Uh, no one, no one could organize like that. Only fat, dumb slobs um, uh, who who are, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the argument even is anymore. It's it's just funny. As soon as there's something that's orderly, well uh, executed, and you know, not violent, then it, they, they must be fat. All right. Um, yeah. So let's go to uh, Gonzalo. Lira here. Lira, I think it is, right? Lira, Gonzalo Lira for a little bit and talk about this here. Uh, he had a tweet thread here on the 31st. So this is three days ago now, uh, Monday. I'm not going to go through the entire tweet thread, uh, but he said, uh, right now I'm about to try to get out of Ukraine and seek political asylum in Hungary. Either I'll cross the border and make it to safety, or I'll be disappeared by the Kyiv regime. This is what happened to me over the past three months. He goes through this. Uh, again, I'm not going to go through it in detail. You can find it on his Twitter. But first, I was like, do you really want to, do you really want to, should you say this openly, considering everything that's happened to you? Maybe you should, uh, maybe you should just be quiet uh, about it. Maybe, maybe that would be better. And I think he spoke about this. Let me see if we could play a little bit of this here. Yeah, here it Contact is. Contacted. There we go. Let me see what date this is. This is two. Okay, two days ago. We're not going to listen to the, all of it, but let's listen to a couple of minutes here uh, of him talking about it. He's uh, looking in good form. Uh, Coach Red Pill. Let's see. Uh, that die. Okay, I can't do that. Here we go. Contacted these gangsters probably through the prison guards at caesar and now he might be, i mean he's deep into this he'll use terms and things that if you haven't followed this from the beginning you might not keep up with it but you know the, the point standing he was he's been he's in he's been in ukraine just a quick recap here for i'm, I'm sorry i should have done this first uh he's, he's living in ukraine 
has been living for, in Ukraine for, for quite a while. I believe he has a wife and kids over there. Uh, and he's been very outspoken against the Zelensky regime in Ukraine, very pro-Russian, which a lot of people argued maybe that's not that bright, considering the situation. They're at war. Many of these many countries have, I mean, they banned opposition parties, right, Zelensky. They they shut down non-state media, all these kinds of things that, the, that if, the, if anybody, any other country did it that didn't work weren't promoted to be allowed to have ultra nationalism right now would, of course, been, you know, highly demonized for such a thing. Uh, But anyway, be be that as as it may, he's done the things he's done. It's it's his choices, whatever. But yes, they had consequences. They've been going after him and stuff like that. And I'm I'm surprised he's he's still alive, (laughs) to be honest. But now we don't know as he's trying to get out. So anyway, this is him just talking about this uh, a few days ago. Figured out or basically had the prisoners in the fourth cell that I was in do the actual dirty work of um, getting the money out of me, see? Because you see, the guards, they never beat any of the prisoners. No, it's the prisoners who beat the other prisoners. In fact, after this 30-hour session, one of the thugs who had really, really hurt me, I mean, he hit me pretty badly, especially on the chest. He, He hit me like right here on the sternum, repetitively and so hard that it, had, it left this huge uh, 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 bruise. And by the way, the, the cell boss, the guy higher, berated him for having left a mark on me because of course, the kind of torture that they wanna do doesn't leave a mark. That's the point of it, see? Because if it leaves a mark, then it's evidence, you see? So anyway, um, that prisoner, who beat me so relentlessly over that 30-hour stretch. After, you know, as we're, we're trying to figure out a way to get this cash to these gangsters, these thugs, he came to me spontaneously and apologized. Uh, you know, it wasn't his idea, but he had to do it, you know, because he was a prisoner. He'd been in, in, in CISO, in CISO prison, for two years already. So... You know, it's, it's not that he wanted to do this, but that he had to do it. And, you know, I understood, you know, because that's the way it operates. Now, I'm telling you all of this so that you understand my situation. My case originally started as a free speech issue. But because of the SBU and the inherent corruption of the SBU, and the criminal justice system in Ukraine, I will definitely be sent to a prison labor camp where I will most certainly die. And so I decided that the smart thing was take my chances in terms of getting across the border. Right now, I'm maybe five kilometers away from the border with Hungary. Uh, Over the last two days, I rode my bike just about 1,300 kilometers from Kharkov all the way here to the border. And my intention is to cross the border, uh, get to Hungary, and in Hungary, I'm going to ask for political asylum. Now, Now, if you would do that, why do it publicly? Right? Why alert? If he knows that they're on him, they're after him, they've arrested him. Uh, look at a couple of headlines, right? As an example here, 
Uh, father of Gonzalo Lira, American jailed in Ukraine, speeds out against political imprisonment. I think that headline was different. It, it was it was basically about uh, it, it was yeah it was about this thing that the U.S. right he's an American citizen the U.S. is is refusing to to help him right like the, there's no discussion about that right you think that you normally it would be the State Department and considering how much aid for example and this is not to make a judgment of what 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 he said or whether he's shill you know he's a Russian shill so he deserves it's none of that yeah I'm just saying as a technicality you know whether you support the guy or not it is curious however you you slice this that there's no talk about this right but oh no he's a, he's a pickup artist or whatever and uh, uh, you know he we, we he's 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 more of a problem obviously for you know the U.S. and the, the and Zelensky's regime, uh, so he's not worth it, right? More of a problem for them than it would be to to, to try to touch this and, and and you know help him out in some kind of capacity, right? Anti-war had the headline here. Yeah, you can like da- New York Daily News misogynist dating coach Gonzalo Lira, aka Coach Red Pill, arrested in Ukraine for Russian propaganda. And again, it's like yeah, it's not smart to push the line of you know the. The, the the enemy force that you're having a war with when you're in the country that's just that's just dumb you know <laughs> but whatever normally you'd think you know kind of like what they did with um uh the, what was it the basketball player uh the male basketball player that's posing as a uh as a as a woman right it was a fo- i saw some footage of that person by the way um and they're posing as a woman, but they have, they have, you know, they were, they were standing without a T-shirt, and it's clear that this is a man. <laughs> there was no like, you know, top surgery scars or anything like that. It was just like, this is a man. Why is someone saying this? I mean, people said after they heard him speak on the plane. But anyway, they got point is, uh, Griner, right? Brittany Griner. Uh, they got in there and tried to help him out, and they did a prisoner swap. Whatever. This is Ukraine, the country you're giving billions to. You should sensibly just say, hey, by the way. Give us our American citizens back, or we'll cut off all aid. Okay, you know, but that, but that's not happening. You see how that happens? They, ju- they just anyway. State Department won't say if it's working to free U.S. citizen detained in Ukraine. So yes, this is a bad move on his part, and this is kind of retarded, to be honest. Uh, and uh, you could just keep your mouth shut and try to get out of the country, and maybe then talk when you you know in some, when, another country. But, no, no, just just a proposal. That's why some people say this is kind of suspicious, even you know things like that. It's like what? Wait, wait a minute, what's the reason for this here? Um, but yeah, here it is with uh, waking up early in the morning, they're getting arrested uh, the by the uh, the FSB. All right. Anyway, I'm not sure we have to listen to more of that. To be honest, uh, it is a little bit more. Let's see what he how he now why this. Hungary. The, the point and is that when we'll get to that this was this didn't work they caught him and it gets even more you know hilarious when you see who's announcing that they who caught, who caught the guy it's just total clown world i asked for political asylum very simple you see when i don't show up at my court date on wednesday the day after tomorrow there will be an arrest warrant issued for me now of course this arrest warrant they will presume that i left the country so it will become an international arrest warrant Now, the European Union, which is allied with Ukraine to its perdition, as as many of you know in terms of the European economies, well, the, the Europeans will comply with this international arrest warrant and they will scoop me up at the first chance. And it won't matter that it's a free speech case. It won't matter. Nothing will matter except complying. 
If I were to go to Poland or Slovenia or Romania, all of these little gremlins of... Can't he go to Chile, right? Is that his ethnic or origin? Right? Can't he go there? I, I, know, I, I know, you know, as a, as a technicality, yes, you need to go to the first closest country that's not at war, right? And seek asylum there, which, sure, Hungary makes sense. But after that, can you go, you go to Chile? Would they help you out? The EU, they're going to scoop me up instantly and return me to the graces of the SBU and the criminal justice system. And if Did I say FSB? The SBU, okay. Eventually I'll Got that one wrong. wind up in a prison labor camp. I'm hoping that Hungary, which has shown some independence insofar as these matters are concerned, of complying with idiotic EU regulations and, and diktats, I'm hoping that the authorities in Hungary will look at my indictment, realize that it has nothing to do with me being an actual bona fide criminal in terms of harming people or, or property, and it's really a strictly free speech issue, an issue of democratic speech and i'm hoping yeah but that uh, as a technicality they might not have passed a law or whatever but like uh, if you are <sighs> ukraine is not declared war on russia obviously right they they didn't do that uh, that hasn't happened so maybe legally speaking it's a different thing but of course it's one of the reasons why uh, you know, Americans rounded up the Japanese when they entered in World War II. These, you, you now had enemy combatants within your country that potentially could pose a security threat, a national security uh, threat, right? So the, you had to do that, which is making our multicultural country so interesting now. And we're seeing this literally now in France when, like, there's a tug of war in Niger and Senegal and stuff like that, coup attempts. And then France has all these Senegalese. We'll, we'll watch the footage in a little bit. I, I, I got to speed up here a little bit so we can squeeze that in too. But it's it's a complete chaos right your 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 countries are now our countries are now a multi multiracial mess and tons of different ethnic interests and you know here's the kurds and here's the turks here's the senegalese here's the you know libyans or whatever uh here's the moroccans and and everybody has some own, their own little piece right the algerians in france are just like i'll, I'll die for algeria it's like what are you doing in france <laughs> just get back home that if you you know anyway point is complete mess if they were technically you know we're at war with russia we we you know spreading even if it's true now it doesn't matter i'm just saying like you're you know you're spreading russian propaganda that's like you know illegal essentially and we need to arrest you i would assume it falls under that but just as a technicality i don't think they've declared uh, uh war uh, maybe there's something else legally they've done it's an interesting question actually i should, should look into that in more detail uh, so if someone knows uh, uh, send a chat on that to you like did, have they done something legally i know that again as i said the banned opposition parties and, and gone after you know media so presumably something was some resolution or something was passed in order to do that and maybe it would fall under that category or something like that uh so of course what happened well judging from our <clears throat> thumbnail uh today as you can see there yes we have the uh the official uh, uh trans <laughs> the transsexual spokesperson uh, for Ukraine in the West, Sarah Ashton Carrillo, who did a video, a short video, or a cut from a larger, uh, longer live stream or something like that, commenting on that, 
and that he had been captured, apparently, allegedly, um, as he's trying to cross into uh, Ukraine. There's a reason you haven't heard from Gonzalo Lira yet with his so-called attempts at asylum in Hungary. It's because the state security services, better known as the SBU, are some of the most talented and focused law enforcement agents across the globe. And in doing so, they knew where Gonzalo Lira was. <laughs> I think that's from a longer stream. This So this person does a, uh, a show, uh, Russia Hates the Truth. Here's episode 15. Maria Zarkova says Russia is fighting to free Africa, which actually does connect with our other uh, topic here uh, in a little bit. Uh, here's a trailer, I guess, for that. This is from the TDF me. First, I'm like, is this is this a jo- is this a joke? Is it a joke? Maybe it's a joke. TDF Media Studios, the armed forces of Ukraine, um, for like for the West, right? That's what this person, that's what this man who, who's, who's pretending to be a woman, Sarah Ashton Carrillo, says, uh, or is you know heading up here. L- look at this. This is Sergeant Sarah Ashton Cirillo of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, and you're watching episode 15 of Russia Hates the Truth, a public service <laughs> announcement focused on countering Russian propaganda, disinformation and lies, is this a while joke? bringing you the truth about Ukraine's war for liberty direct from Kyiv. Russia hates the truth that despite nonsensical claims by Putin's war criminal propagandist Maria Zakharova that Russian troops are dying in Ukraine, <laughs> to free countries in Africa. African nations and the entire global south realize that the Moscow regime is bringing deprivation, destruction, and death to millions around the world by destroying Ukrainian <laughs> and, grain supply. And then just this thing that it, now it's become, it's just so dumb and convoluted. It's become about like, oh, we get, who say, no, we're, we're betting it's, we're better at saving Africa than you, Russia. And then Russia's like, nah. Um, we're going to send them all our grain. Look at this. Here, let me stick it to you, West, as we give away, <laughs> as we give them all this grain for free. It's so dumb and retarded. But anyway, it is. It, it's it's what they're doing, right? And, and yes, I know this is about resources, stuff like that too. But look, there's an awful lot of true b- believers here along the way too. I think both in the West and in Russia. I, I almost think, on some level, that Russia, uh, Putin, might be a bigger believer in this even than than many other people in the West is. You know what I mean? But anyway, first I was like, "What? What? Where's this? Where have I seen this person before?" I was like, "I couldn't put my finger on it." Couldn't. Put, then I opened the project here today, and I have a shortcut, and it's like, "That's right, it's this guy that the, the, our little you know funny meme of making fun of this, which I couldn't determine is this real, is it not? We did a thing out of it, a little core, uh, quick clip. This one. Putin. <laughs> Remember that one? That's that's him. That's him. It's incredible. Putin. <laughs> and that was part of a longer clip, like, you won't, you won't, uh, bombers, Putin. I, I forget what it was he said. Your war crimes. Uh, it's, it's, you can't make this up. It's, it's incredible. All right. So anyway, so that's, I, I guess this is, this is real. Uh, or is it, or is it fake? Is it, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't anymore. It's like the, the meat story of the British meat is like, okay, they're trying to, Okay, they're growing lab meat and they're pushing cannibalism. Like it must be true. <laughs> this, was like, oh no, okay, this was this was an exaggeration to to kind of warn about it a little bit. But it, I tell you, it's getting getting harder and harder to determine sometimes. Um, what else? Yeah. So the, uh, if you look at uh, its Twitter feed here, 
Yeah, I mean, 143.7 thousand followers. I, just, I, I assume that this is true. Here's another one here. Hate of the Russian terrorists. Sarah Ashton Cirillo showing the anti-Semitism and hate of the Russian terrorists. Sarah Ashton Cirillo showing the anti-Semitism and hate of the Russian terrorists. Yeah, that's right. Pinned. Uh, that's the pinned tweet. Uh, all right. Uh, what else is this here? Hey, everyone. So today in Russia, seriously, is the day of the paratroopers. And we wanted to celebrate it here at Territorial Defense Forces Media Studio. So there you go. <laughs> Territorial Defense Forces Media Studio. Defense Forces Media Studio. So there you go. Typical Russian paratrooper. And remember hey, to. Everyone. So today in Russia. All right, shut up. Ser- That's enough of you. Uh, and remember to that much of the campaign was run by, uh, let me see if I can find that clip. Remember the, uh, remember the, the praise that uh, MSNBC did? I forget what his name is. Um, let me just type in Zelensky's uh, ex-TV producer. Remember that, that clip? Speaks to this, right? M- point is media studio, right? Rather than just like information management and stuff like that. Uh, I forget what the guy's name who was running it, but he's a, he's a, uh, big wig over at uh, MSNBC. Uh, all right, I'll see if I can find it, but that's regarding, you know, kind of just Zelensky and just the propaganda. Western, uh, no, no, Western, but, well, I mean, fi- financially maybe Western or whatnot, but just how much uh, of an information war that this is, right? And the way he was so incredibly uh, proud and, and, and uh, amazed by what they've pulled off, these ex-television producers uh, with Zelensky, all right, I'll see if I can find it later, maybe. Uh, ah, damn it. Okay, all right. We'll see. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's real. I guess it's uh, it's really uh, happening. Andromeda1 says, uh, I hope you received this. I did. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, all right, let me see. Let me refresh. So make sure we don't miss anything. I had an issue yes, uh, last time with entropy. Uh caught up I think we're caught up now I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the issue over um, Russia and stuff like that too I guess yeah I guess this would be a good place to segue into it but uh, let's just go off a little bit and uh, a couple of clips here to play uh, and then we'll return to that in terms of what's happening there with the Niger and Senegal real quick and uh, we've done certainly more kind of more in depth on this in the in the Western Warrior show, uh, but I wanted to uh, speak about te- you know t- t- technology and stuff like that. I quickly wanted to show you in the UK, something different here. But uh, do, do you know about the ultra low emissions zone um, uh, cameras? This is like a new. There's a program essentially that's running in the in the UK in London specifically, but this is going to spread to other parts, right? ULES uh, they call it for short. And uh, it's basically, a, you know, it's, it's part of, you know, helping to, to done, do this, like, you know, kind of prison system, breaking your uh, mega hub city, your metropolis, mega metropolis into like seg- sectors and zones. Uh, you're also uh, uh, kind of playing the, the, the carbon thing and the environment thing at the same time. We're going to ban cars. And of course, that's what's going to take us towards the 15-minute city type uh, type thing as well. Well, everything is going to be in walking distance. And look, I'm not against walking, and many European cities are already built built like that. 
And in some cases, it makes sense. It's not that, well, yes, we need to have cars everywhere. It's not about that either. It's about this fake and gay thing that they're pretending all of a sudden that this is about the environment as opposed to uh, about control and getting you to get you know accustomed to doing public transportation. Look, they, at the end of the day, they don't want you to be autonomous. They don't want you to be independent. They don't want you to own a car. They want you to get in the, the, the public transportation system and they're building up many of the rail, railways and stuff like that too. And of course, as our countries are getting more and more multicultural, these experiences are turning more and more into nightmares as well. In fact, there's never been a more prudent time to have your own vehicle so you can like be safe and be in your own space. It's a nightmare in some of these countries now in big cities in Europe. Uh, America too for them, but most of the West is a nightmare to go on these public transportation things. So you need your car, you need to, to have your, your own space in these things. So anyway, there's a brave team uh, of people over there in London, and then might not align with us on every political issue, but it doesn't matter on this uh, on this front. They're doing good work. They call them they call themselves, I guess, Blade Runners, uh, and they're basically taking them down, right? Uh, a group of legends called the Blade Runners is taking the ultra-low emission zones cameras down. This is the only way to, uh, not the only way, but this is one of the, 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 the ways you fight back against these types of systems. You just continuously, uh, you know, kind of put, um, uh, put up obstacles for them, shall we say. Remember someone uh, had the stringy, stringy spray? They recommended that as well, right? You have very expensive cameras and you just keep spraying at them. People who walk by keep spraying at them so they can't utilize them. Uh, but anyway, uh, here is a little bit of a civil uh, disobedient, disobedience here for you. This is what one man can do to the ULEZ in less than half a day. Fuck your ULEZ. Stick it up your ass, no one wants it. And this is what we'll do every time. I'm calling all people that want to take down these shit cunts. You, you need is a 10 mil socket. Yeah, very cheap to buy. To put in your impact drill. They're cheap to buy as well too. And you need a TX30 star bit. I'm trying to see if I can focus that. Yeah. TX30 star bit. And we'll just keep taking them down. Fuck you, Sadiq Khan. Fuck you, globalist shit cunts. Fuck your ULEZ. Good. It might take your blokes half a day to put one up. It takes me less than a minute to take one down. So fuck your fucking ULEZ, shit cunts. This is our country and we're taking it back. There you go. That's a good... Uh that's a good stance, uh, I think, to be honest, right there. Just put a uh, Rumble link in the Odyssey chat, guys, if you have any issues. I see some people complaining on buff buffering or something like that. I uh, do believe, though, that is on Odyssey's end, not uh, not ours going up. Could always be, but I don't think so. But anyway, check that out. Uh, otherwise, of course, always just go to redice.tv slash live, and you can watch it right there. Uh, you have all the links on redice.tv of dif different channels that we uh, go out on and stuff like that, too. All right. Um, you can watch on Twitter, by the way, twitter.com forward slash at Red Eyes TV, not at, it's just slash Red Eyes TV. Uh, and um, we're on Kick. Uh, we are on not VK. We're not doing Telegram. Maybe we need to pick that up again and start doing the Telegram again. I know, I know some people like that. All right. Anyway, good for them. Good for them for fighting back and doing something, uh, uh, just <laughs> getting out there and do, doing something about this. Uh, take their shit down. Um couple of quick headlines here for you. 
Big, uh, big surprise. California bill would require judges to consider race of defendants when handing down criminal criminal sentences. What, do, what can this be about? What in the world would you think? What, what direction will this go in? <laughs> As they're kind of some pushback against like affirmative action in college admissions now, which is like, okay, it's a good start, but they'll find things, ar- find things around that as well uh, eventually. And still, they can still, they will still individually, these people that are doing the admission over the, the, the board, what is it? It's a board that's approving, you know, uh, the college admissions, right? will obviously still just take this into account anyway. <laughs> I mean, whether it's through the name or when they interview the people and stuff like that. So it's in a way, it's kind of impossible to do. But it, it, just symbolically, at least legally, you're not allowed to do it. You need to find other ways. It's not about that kind of thing. Take that away because all of this has been spun in an anti-white kind of way. Um, an outgrowth of the state's conscientious reparations movement, Assembly Bill 852, is aimed at rectifying the racial bias that has historically permeated our criminal justice system. So for no reason whatsoever, uh, there's a disproportionate um, sentences and uh, arrests and so forth uh, by blacks in California and many other states as well. So again, it's a stance that behavior didn't drive this. Uh, It's just uh, racial discrimination. That's the only only reason, right? Uh, So anyway, so so obviously they're they're going to push ahead, I think, with the uh, reparations thing as well. But this is uh, crazy now because imagine at some point you're going to have a legal system that's like, no, we can't arrest uh, more black people right now. We have to take in some white ones. So what do you do that? Ah, I saw a Facebook posts. We can uh, we can arrest them. Uh, but there's some uh, light uh, in the end of the tunnel as well on this front, right? You do have a kind of a normie conservative pushback against some of this. Uh, we have had lots, lawsuits in the past. Maybe not all of them have been successful, but we had that one woman who won uh, a lawsuit recently. What was that again? Was that a it's one of the companies, I think, right? I forget which one it was. We talked about it. I, f- I forget all the details about it. But uh, it, it point, the point is, they uh, the judge that the the, the determination was that there had been anti-white discrimination at some of these uh, companies, which is good. And here's kind of another one. We'll, we'll see how it goes. It, it's not uh, uh, clear yet. It's not done yet. Uh, but a food service giant have been sued over white men need not apply program. Good. Sue their asses off. A former employee of a large food service corporation is suing the company in federal court after it fired her for refusing to participate in a program that discriminates against white male employees. Good girl. Good girl. Good boy. Yeah. Courtney Rogers worked for Charlotte, North Carolina-based Compass Group USA Incorporated from her home office in San Diego, California. The company had more than 280,000 employees and a $20 billion in revenue in 2019, according to LinkedIn. One of the world's largest employers, the company has thousands of employees in California and counts among its clients Dodger Stadium, blah, 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 NBC Universal. The company has won recognition for promoting so-called diversity, including... Uh, appearing on the Forbes list of best employers for diversity from 2018 through 2022. So they're adherent to the corporate equality index with the Human Rights Watch and, you know, these kinds of things, right? They're just right along with the ESGs and the DEIs and all that stuff. It's corporate parent, UK-based company Compass Group, PLC, had had blah, blah, blah. Mr. Rogers was hired in August 2021 and given the job title of Recruiter Internal Mobility Team. Her responsibilities include the processing of internal promotions, which encompassed posting 
jobs listings, review applications, conducting interviews, writing and sending offer letters, carrying out background checks, ordering drug tests, blah, blah, blah. Compass created a program it called Operation Equity in March 2022. A purported diversity program that offered qualified employees special training and mentorship and the promise of a promotion upon graduation, according to the legal complaint. The lawsuit was filed on July 24th in U.S. District Court for the Southern District of California under the auspices of the Thomas More Society, a national public interest law firm headquartered in Chicago that organized a legal team. But participation in the program was restricted to women and people of color. Okay, hmm. So wait a minute. Operation Equity. So just let's exclude. Fascinating how that works. Right? White men were not allowed to part. In a, weirdly, then that's a blessing in disguise. <laughs> you would you don't want them to take part of Operation Equity. Maybe she's like you. No, you have to bring in the white men. Maybe that. Maybe that's what she was doing. Shit. Get a shocking twist here. <laughs> but it's the point, right? The point stands. Oh, you. We. You can't be part of this. You know, kind of thing. They were not allowed, these white men, to participate and receive the associated benefits of training, mentorship, and guaranteed promotion. By calling it Operation Equity, the company used a euphemism and falsely titled to hide the program's true nature. The program would more accurately be called the White Men Need Not Apply program because it's an example of outright racial balancing. Why not just straight up uh, anti-whiteness or racism, right? which is uh, because it's an example of outright racial balancing, which is patently unlawful and is the kind of program promoted by people who harble racial animus against white men, according to the legal complaint. Okay, interesting. Uh, but anyway, that's good. We'll see how the lawsuit plays out. There's more details to it, but uh, I also want to get to the... Uh, I want to get to the uh, Russia thing here, too. What time do we have here? Yeah, I need to, uh, I need to put a... Need to put a Coal on the fire, as we uh, say. Like I put coal. Got to put a coal on the uh, on the old steam steam en- steam engine, so the train keeps moving forward. Disgraced former ABC reporter pleads guilty to child pornography charges, faces at least five years in prison. Prison, and guess what? This is one of the guys that, of course, put down the uh, so-called PizzaGate conspiracy theory. Fascinating how that works. And speaking of another pedophile. Check out this here. Beloved, beloved actor, comedian, creator, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman, dies of cancer at 70. It's one hell of a, that's one heck of a headline for you right there. Animation Magazine. New York Post, that kind of, that kind of, actually, let's do this first. Uh, Daily Daily Beast. Paul Rubens, or is it Rubens? Paul Rubens, never got the critical repraisal that he deserved. That's right. New York Post escalates a little bit, but you're like, huh, really? Did he like, um, did he tell some uh, woman they looked good at the office? Or what was this about? Paul Reubens, Pee Wee Herman fame, often overshadowed by sex scandals. Huh, really? Sex scandals. Interesting. What did he do? Did he uh, advance a little bit too much? Uh, did he uh, did he have uh, did he have het- very heterosexual uh, get-togethers with women? What was going on? No, of course not. It turned out he was into kid kiddie porn. The guy, Paul P. V. 
Roybens charged in kid porn probe. The actor is targeted in the same investigation under under which pal Jeffrey Jones, which is the name we couldn't re- remember the other day when we talked about we call him Ratface. He's kind of funny looking, but um, yeah, he was dragged into this too. Uh, they both were cited and allegedly inciting a minor to pose for pornographic photos. Yep, that's it. That, that's the headlines I've been seeing. Beloved actor, comedian, creator, Paul Roybens. Live in a world that's defending pedophiles, folks. And I mean, after you see this, how can you not be suspicious? Yeah, that's right. Say say hello to the children. Interesting coming back into the spotlight, especially right now. I'm so well lit. <laughs> but um, it's it's been feeling very exciting. I, I, I'm, I'm totally excited. I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm almost speechless. <laughs> Whoever I was, I would be someone who could fly. That's something really exciting to me. Uh, maybe I would combine flying with Popeye, something like that. Uh, you know, eating the spinach, super strength. Can we get a uh, can we get a early life check? Maybe that would have been good to get a little bit of an early life check. All right. <clears throat> All right. Let me start with this. We'll try to speed through this here a little bit towards the end. Let's begin with, uh, well, it's, yeah, rare earth minute. We could begin with that. Let's do this. There's a battle right now. It's China is weaved into this too, but think of the BRICS countries overall, right? The members there, Brazil, uh, Russia, uh, India, South Africa. A lot of African countries are like asking to join uh, BRICS right now. There's others that have come out. right? You have this multipolar world order essentially rising out that they've been talking about. And I think it's quite intentional. It's a stepping stone towards a one world one uh, that might even have these two factions go at a uh, at each other in a huge war. Eventually, who knows? But right now, it's a lot of political backs and forth, back and forth. Uh, obviously, there's a you know war in in Ukraine with Russia and Western forces right now. So you could, you could say it's already kind of begun, right? Uh, and it might escalate. But it's a lot about the uh, the rare earth minerals, which which is one of the big reasons why this battle right now kind of in Africa is happening, and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but uh, Reuters can introduce this to us in terms of the battle for rare earth minerals that's needed uh, to do the green transition, because that's the other overlap on this too. We have to do a green transition, right? You have to just uh, create all these new battery vehicles, and everything has to be a certain way now because you know m- carbon is is bad essentially. Uh, but where are they going to get all these uh, minerals from if Russia is out? Well, they got to go to uh, places like uh, Africa and uh, South America and things like this. Rare earths could be the key to a transition to green energy. The rock from these mines are turned into building blocks or magnets that are used in everything from iPhones to Teslas. And Beijing has a dominating hand over them. Last month, China imposed export controls on gallium and germanium, stoking fears that it could block exports of rare earths next. So, what would happen then? Experts say China has a stranglehold on the key group of 17 metals needed for a clean energy transition. What's more, 
It controls almost 90% of global rare earths refining capacity, according to the International Energy Agency. The world's two biggest rare earths companies outside of China are having a hard time competing. Australia's Linus had plans to build a U.S. refinery with a Texas-based partner, but that collapsed, according to sources. U.S.-based MP had a goal of refining its own rare earth metals in 2020, but then COVID-19 hit. If projects continue to struggle, several economies could fail to meet their goal of cutting carbon emissions to net zero 2050 without Beijing's involvement. Analysts say crucial innovation is needed to break down China's dominance in the sector without sacrificing environmental quality. Tesla in May announced plans to make EV magnets without rare earths, citing environmental and health risks in the current process. Several other companies are working on new ways to process rare earths, but cleaner solutions are still years from production. All right, there you go. So that's a little bit of an introduction to it. Obviously, you have you know you have the Belt and Road Initiative. We mentioned that many times, and Russia they're they're building their systems. And again, I think it's quite intentional that at some point they're going to go at each other. But as I said, that that conflict has already uh, been initiated, right? And then you have that bullshit green transition you have to happen. Where is this going to come from? Is this massive scrambling after the Ukraine war started? Uh, who, who you know who do we who do we go to now to like you know get some of the resources and minerals and things that we need, right? And so people say, you know, well, that's just a show anyway, and it doesn't really matter and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but regardless, uh, whether the, the, the interest at the very top of the pyramid uh, coincides or not uh, at this point, or, or if there are true divisions higher up, which is debatable, um, the outcome, at least for now, is, is, is the same of sorts, right? It's that, uh, well, we can't, we, you know, Russia's out. They're one of the biggest, you know, they have massive landmass, tons of resources, minerals, and all that kind of stuff. And that's partially why, you know, Western, uh, the West have tried to control Russia, get their hands on, on the country and, and stuff like that, get them kind of under their, their umbrella a little bit. But instead, recently, what they've opted for uh, is to do a split, essentially, right? It's, it's the West and then versus the, the other side. And so Russia is pivoting towards Africa. And they're doing that now, but by, by essentially, in a way, you, you could say bribing them, they want to get on better terms with them. Um, you can, It's understandable, as I said, from a political point of view, like, okay, this would be smart, you know, kind of thing uh, to do. But then at the same time, it's kind of idiotic. <laughs> it's kind of dumb in the sense that it's like, well... You could you could argue the West tried to do this. Were, were there an, inter, an, an interest in getting resources here? Yeah, sure. But let's just face it: when it comes to the African continent, a lot of there wasn't a lot of development here already, right? They weren't using resources and stuff. And I'm sure Europeans at the time were, um, well, if they knew that at that time, it is debatable. They, they they probably didn't more than seeing that. Okay, here's a large landmass. There's probably resources here or whatnot. Uh, but I, I generally think there was a uh, for, for many parties, right? It was this like, we will, we'll, we can bring these people civilization, right? Let's go down there, let's help them out, let's build up things. Uh, because when over the, the lies about colonialism is, is, is just immense. We went through the King Leopold II story in a kind of a detailed article just the other day, just the lies about how they, they pinned uh, the hand chopping that was happening in the Congo, Belgian Congo, uh, to, to essentially Leopold. Uh, the second and his regime, and then we find out the more you read about this. Oh, okay, here's a Jewish academic that has a axe to grind and to pin it against you know Europeans. 
and try to say, oh, they're racist colonialists. They did all this when, in fact, King Leopold uh, and the you know, what the temporary, I forget what the exact term now was, the temporary government that was set up there. They try to stop some of this behavior. They try to stop the hand shopping. They try to bring, you know, civility to the to the to the country there, you know. And how did that turn out? Well, the more you try to help, the more they were sent to you, uh, the more uh, the more they blame you later if things go wrong. And we're kind of seeing that partially with mass immigration now as well. You know, what I mean, like, well, uh, Europe destroyed my country, so therefore I have the right to go to Europe and uh, and get anything I want. Right? I've literally played a clip like that in the uh, in the latest Western Warrior. A uh, guy in Britain who was like, yeah, it's your fault. That, that's the, the only reason my country sucked, because, of course, it was perfect. Before Europeans arrived in Africa, it was picture perfect. No, it was, they didn't do nothing, right? So anyway, so now Russia is venturing into this uh, avenue. Uh, and they're going to feed Africa. They're going to give them free grain and all that stuff. And we, we'll, we'll see what happens on this front. But I think they're going to learn the hard lesson. In a way, you could argue, just like, yeah, well... Europe hasn't learned yet. Uh, America hasn't learned yet either, but we're we're in the process of discovering, right? Uh, tremendous resentment. And so now that tug of war is happening, you're like, you know, France out, but Russia in kind of thing. Um, so anyway, let's start with this article here from RT. And the RT, they pushed this like crazy uh, the, the other day, right? All these pieces about how, you know, we're the true anti- Because you've seen those tweets from like the State Department in Russia and stuff for like, well, you know, the, the colonialist past and legacies of the West is, is the reason why Africa is, you know, suck now. And it, it sounds like some left-wing Antifa outlet kind of thing, right? Which is obviously one of the reasons why we're not huge <laughs> fans of what Russia is doing. And like, if they were honest, they had a chance right now to actually kind of hurt the West and, and, and actually kind of get in under the skin and talk about who really pulls the strings in the West. It's such a bunch of Nazis and racists that are running the EU. There's not a bunch of, you know... Uh, white supremacist in Brussels. I mean, this is pathetic and, and ridiculous. But when you read some of these State Department uh, or the Russian foreign minister tweets, we've shown them in the past. I don't have them right now here. But like, it's almost like, who's running this? It's, it's more of the same. It's more, they, you know, anyway, you get the point. So there's uh, tons of coups and stuff right there now too, right? Niger has a, has a coup. Uh, there's disruption in Senegal right now too. Uh, a coup in poor African nations is not unheard of, but the modern-day geopolitical context gives, its, gives it global significance. The military of the West African nation of Niger has deposed the government in a coup, setting the stage for a new confrontation with the West. Niger has been in a similar situation most states, as most states in uh, West Africa, with its former colonial overlord, France, see the, the language there too, continuing to wield financial and military power over the country and interfering in the country's domestic affairs. Do you know how much aid we give to Africa? You'd think we'd, you think we'd, would, I'll get to that in a second, but if you only, th well, well, they have a point, and we shouldn't have been there and all that stuff. You know, I used to think that, but when I, when I, when I looked at how much aid we have given to these countries, and how much we've tried to fix things and help them out, and yes, there has been coups by, you know, Western interest or whatever, uh, but I mean, again, these are the, the same people that screwed over South Africa and turned against them are, are in many cases, those are like benefiting from having another destabilized West African nation, another coup. Oh, here, let's give this uh, you know, Miliband in the UK, one of the brothers there, I forget which one of them, not the guy that was running most recently. Was it not Ed, the other brother? I forget what his name is. Just as one example. He was selling arms to African countries and stuff like that. He's, I think he's Jewish, by the way. They, oh, they discovered that later. Uh, his, his 
Brahma was Jewish. I, I don't know, something like that. Um, but regardless, he was caught, right? Um, selling arms to West African countries. In other words, making money on helping to destabilize some of these countries. And yes, then it's true. You do have some corporations that come in afterwards. They swoop in as more destabilized things in. They can come in. They can you know, get, gain control over a territory or put some new puppet government in place that they can wheel and deal with to get access to resources and stuff like that. I understand it's a game. I'm not going to try to pretend that the you know the west but that's also not the west that's not europeans that's not like european colonists that are doing that that's just basically globalist transnational corporations and interests that have nothing to do frankly with europeans but yes it's happened of course it's happened and it has continued to happen but when you see the aid that's my point i'm coming back to that as well when you see the amount of aid that europe and the west overall have, have given to africa you're almost like well, we frankly, we should be getting something for this. At the very least, we should be in a in a partnership then and help to refine these or get access to them or actually use them as opposed to just you know nothing happening with them. But whatever, be, be that as it may. Uh, for that reason, the coup has been popular in uh, Niger, with some protesters demanding France out and Russia in in the new geopolitical environment that we're in. Africa states, African states now have increased political space and options to expel Western influence. Niger, a landlocked, impoverished and war-torn country, albeit one rich in raw minerals, is set to become a new frontier. In the era of American unipolarity, the states of Africa were exposed to the West. Poor, desperate and unstable, many African nations were forced to rely on their former colonial overlords as well as the U.S. for various forms of assistance. Right. And why is that? It's not only because they're being intentionally destabilized. It's also that these problems were there long before Europeans ever set their foot on in Africa, right? This was especially true during the War on Terror era when Islamic insurgencies threatened the security of the populations. French and U.S. Special Forces would be deployed to fight terrorists in West African states. And yes, there's but part of that is a little bit that they, they're using those groups to get a foothold and just like they did in Syria and stuff like that. Uh, but I, again, I think that there are also some true believers in these countries that uh, aligned with these groups. Look at like, uh, I don't know, Boko Haram, is it in Somalia or something like that, right? It's a big problem. And, and, and then consequently, because it's destabilized, they, of course, come to Sweden and many of these other countries, right? It, it's, it's negative for everybody, but it benefits the people at the top, right? I, I, th I think we can understand that. But they're making it out. To, they're making out just like Europeans, but Westerners is the boogeyman here, as opposed to those who are like ruling us. So it's the dumb same mistake. And if Russia was were honest, if Russia were honest, they could, that's what they could have said, right? Instead of some of these like, oh, it's um, uh, it, it's the you know the it's just the West Western colonialist uh, you know past that's the reason, right? I'll I'll show you like a couple of these, right? Um, yeah, here's a couple. I've shown these a couple of times, but it could be good for you to see these in case there's a newcomer here, right? A, a, a couple of examples, real quick here. I don't want to be too winded about too long-winded about this. Uh, Putin, the model of total domination by the Western countries is unfair. It divides the world into first and second class people and is therefore racist and neocolonial. The, the West mainly got where it is by robbing other peoples in Asia and Africa. We we didn't do anything. We did everything we did was bad. This is like some. This is like uh, what is this? Bo guns, butter, and oil. What's the 
what is this again? Um, what's the author's name? It's basically like a shitlib Columbia University academic professor that shows up and just says, oh, the racist legacy of the West, that's the reason uh, they got ahead. There's nothing else going on here. To a lo- Putin said, to a large extent, the rise of European countries' economies is based on slave trade and robbery of Africa, Asia, and Latin America. To a large extent, prosperity of U.S. grew out of the slave trade and US use of slave labor, and then, of course, a result of World War One or Two. It's an incredibly simplified uh, version of history, and I just, I totally disagree. This is, this is an Antifa account of <laughs> this shitlib, you know, leftist talking points. No, to talk really about who's in control and who runs foreign policy in many of Western countries. To talk about who's in control of, of, of Brussels and Washington. Can, can you, please? No? Anyway, it goes, yeah, the West will have to shrink. It has to live to its means, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, Russia again, you know, it's good to, they're going to open up their borders. Now they're doing the same th- th- like the West is doing. 11 countries to have visa-free agreements, Bahrain, Oman, Saudi Arabia, Bahamas, Barbados, Haiti, Zimbabwe, Kuwait, Malaysia, Mexico, Trinidad, and Tobago. Russian Deputy Minister Ivanov said. Uh, point is, they're going down the same path while they're accusing us of being, you know, ba- the bad racists. I, th- I think it's a ridiculous uh, talking point. Uh, let's see here. Um, this was especially true during the war on terror era. It's just that, yeah, they, they joined Islamic groups, whatever. Um, however, this assistance, be it financial or military, came at the cost of requiring that African states fulfill their ideological terms uh, and conditions of the West, a form of neocolonialism. The world has changed, though. The war on terror context is over, and instead we're now living in a geopolitical environment dedicated by sharp competition between powerful countries, primarily the U.S. and allies against rivals such as China and Russia. This environment means that African states now have other options to choose from for assistance, which allows them to maximize their own political autonomy and space rather than fulfilling the ideological conditions of another. For example... African states reportedly increasing use of the Wagner Group for security rather than Western assistance. We have mentioned this in the past a couple of times, right? The Wagner is having more influence uh, in Africa, which is interesting. They're having some operations there. And then they say, while China's Belt and Road Initiatives also means African states can no longer be exploited by organizations such as the IMF. Uh, you, you know, the king is dead. Long live the king, right? It, it's out with the old, in in with the new. Same, same, same as the old. Um, the Belt and Road Initiative. This is just another form of like, the, oh, okay, we'll build your schools, but we'll get access. It's just, uh, it is more of the same. But but they are not kind of priding themselves. Of, well, no, we're the moral ones. We're the ones that are truly helping, right? And the bad. Oh, the bad, um, the 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 bad racist IMF Westerners. Th- that's kind of the tone I'm getting, right? M- maybe I'm kind of exaggerating that a little bit, but if you take that into to account, what I just showed you from some of the tweet from the the Russian foreign minister and stuff, that's kind of the sense and the feeling of this, right? In these circumstances, with militaries, be- and this is of course one of the reasons why the, you have some like just full on like kind of, you know. Uh, Essentially, like commies, like Jackson Hinkle or what's his name again, like just super pro-Russia on Putin, just because like they're taking care of the Nazis. You know, they're kicking out the bad Nazi Westerners from Africa, and they're they're cleaning up Nazi Ukraine. You know, <laughs> and it's like uh, I don't think Azov is the biggest problem the Ukraine has right now. I don't know, maybe mm, I don't know the anti-white shitlibs in Washington and Brussels is a bigger problem. 
But anyway, I digress. In these circumstances, with militaries being the strongest political actors, is unstable countries such as Niger. The opportunity arises for them to seize power and protect from Western predation. Because in this international system, the U.S. can no longer conduct direct unilateral military interventions, which I don't think they should. Let, let me be clear about that. I don't think that that's the way forward either, obviously. But now it's just this like twisting and turning the situation and then saying, no, we're going to sort this out. But now we're going to get access to the resources. It's, it's more of the it's more of the same, uh, whether it's under the auspices of Russia or China. May, again, as I said, maybe there's some true believers along the way. Um, but to hold this morally kind of against Westerners uh, is is disingenuous and uh, and just <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Travis, this has been uh, this has seen governments and militaries take advantage of an anti-French backlash across West Africa and use it to uh, begin driving out the presence of former colonial masters. Like, Africa is literally, like, demographically undermining itself, or the power elite in, in these countries are doing it against us, right? We're being colonized. We're the ones being colonized now, but there's no, there's no you know, outrage really from that more than right-wing Nazis that are speaking up against this kind of stuff. They're hardly colonialist masters anymore. If they do anything that benefits anybody, again, as I said, it's for like transnational corporations maybe. In just a space of a year, the French army has been expelled from Mali and Burkina Faso. Niger is presumably next. However, the risk of a French-backed civil war does remain. And sure, that might, that might happen. We'll see what happens here, right? Should the coup in Niger ultimately succeed, the new authorities are intent on forming closer relations, relations with Russia, which can become a new and much less complicated guarantor of security. While China typically provides economic and infrastructure assistance to African states, as well as guarantee of non-intervention and support for national sovereignty, it is less overt and restrained in providing specific military support to crush insurgencies, which is more Russia's niche. And it's like, why do we, why do we have to deal with it? Why do we have to sort this out? Whether it's Russia or other Western countries, right? Why can't they feed themselves? Or why can't we give them the tools and the means necessary for them to run their civilization? Why do we need to be there and to help them and hold their hand along the way, right? Niger, of course, has strategic significance too. While it's easy to dismiss it as a landlocked and impoverished country in the middle of the desert, Niger has a critical stock of natural resources, including uranium, gold, Coal, iron, ore, tin, phosphate, petroleum, molybdenum, salt, and gypsum, which was one of these, um, you know, some of the mer minerals we looked at that they need for the green transition, right? So I understand that they're having this like, oh, this is very important. We got to control this. Uh, so this, could, the, look, it could very well lead to the fact that you'll ha now have Western nations, in this case, primarily, you know, from France, but maybe U.S. troops as well going into some of these countries to secure these interests when we instead should be like you know what uh we're kind of done right like we've we've with this this endless aid we've been given to these countries didn't get us much sure we got some of the maybe a little bit of the resources out but it's just not worth it you know what i mean um we can do this that's what again that's why the west should have been on good terms with russia but it, it's you know that's another european country um be on good terms with them, trade with them, get access to the resources that they do have. But of course, our, our rulers have taken us on a very different path. But just to underline, un, un, underline that point of like, oh, the bad Westerners kind of thing. Uh, let me show you a couple of graphs here. And again, I show this in the latest 
Western Warrior for this one. More details on this here. Uh, but let's begin with this one here, right? Here's the Africa-EU partnership. <clears throat> uh, and here's, you can see the chart there from the OECD. Uh, share of total ODA. Um, <clears throat> aid to Africa. In tw in, this is 2015, right? This continues. This is every year. Um, the EU, 28, 50%, right, of the, of the aid. The USA, 24 says here, if you zoom in on that line, overall European Union support to Africa. Together, the EU and its member states are the biggest donor to the African continent. Approximately 20 billion euro a year in development aid is directed to Africa. I've shown this many times, but I'll show it again. Sweden, a country of 10 million, is giving foreign aid to a continent of what are they now? 800 million? Did it pass a billion yet? I, I, I don't have the stats in front of me. In 2012 alone, Sweden, just behind China in their development assistance, gave them $1 billion. In 20, this has continued every year. Netherlands, Norway, Canada, Germany, Britain, France, the US is on this list too. Sweden didn't get, didn't get anything for that. We didn't have any co-colonies. We didn't have any slaves. Like None of this shit that they're using as an excuse, right? A game of give and take. Foreign aid by country, 2014. Uh, donors in blue, recipients in red. It's it's a fact that it's it's Europe and the West. And you can see Russia is even including there too. Including like New Zealand, Australia. It's cut off there. Really interesting to see like something like South Africa right there. Would be interesting to see that. Are they giving to or, or what's going on with that? Someone said here, Failure of aid, Western aid to Africa is one of abysmal failure. More than 500 billion in for dollars in foreign aid. The equivalent of four Marshall aid plans was pumped into Africa between 1960 and 1997. Someone said, Battle Beagle on Twitter said the total aid to Africa from 1960 to 2013 comes to over $5 trillion or the equivalent of about 50 Marshall plans. And you know what? <coughs> Excuse me. When I saw that, I'm just like, you know what? We should have access to some of these resources. In the t I mean, where this money comes from, that's taxpayers' money, right? That's, that's us. And ironically, we are not seeing directly any of that. You know, could, oh, maybe you got to, maybe you got to purchase some of the technology or something that they developed with some of the minerals that extracted, extracted or something like that, right? But uh, it's a huge, the point is here, there's a huge tug of war and now Russia's moving in and Putin is like, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, we're going to feed Africa now. Let's not deal with these racists. I think it's a cringe and a dumb position to take. And he could have a, have a much more honest one, to be honest, but they're, they're, they're pivoting towards this. Uh, this is what he said in a recent Russia-Africa conference here. And we will be ready in the предоставить Буркина-Фасо, Зимбабве, Мали, Сомали, Центральноафриканской Республики, Эритреи под 25-50 тысяч тонн зерна. Обеспечим и бесплатную доставку этой продукции потребителям. 
Let me play another RTPs here about the free grain. And while the West is focused on helping Ukraine with its grain exports, Russia says only a small part reached the poorest countries under the Black Sea deal. In his recent article, Vladimir Putin says Moscow is ready to replace Ukrainian grain supplies, with Russia expecting a record harvest this year. The Russian president also underlined that despite sanctions, Russia exported around 10 million tons of grain to Africa in the first half of this year, while the West is profiting from the grain deal instead of helping nations in need. Earlier, Russia withdrew from the... Yes, we have not, had, we have not helped nations in need. ...agreement in a move condemned by the UN, saying none of its conditions were met. We heard from people in Kenya on the importance of Russia's plans to help ease the food crisis. Russia is capable of feeding the world, not only African content. Very excited uh, to receive the news that Russia will be supplying uh, Africa with food, uh, with grains, with wheat, and I think we will have achieved food security. Russia can feed the entire continent with their grain. In Kenya, particularly in the northeastern region, people are dying of hunger. So I think it's a good idea to have Russia supply grain. Russia can also assist us in manufacturing and military training. This will help African countries become more independent and not require assistance from other nations. <coughs> why, do you why do you need assistance from other nations? If Russia manages to bring grain to Africa, this will be very important, since Ukraine is not in a position to do so. Russia is a big country, they have and can produce more grain than any other country in the world. People will not die of hunger. I want to take this opportunity to appreciate the Russian president for his diplomatic decision to send enough grain and food to Africa. Personally, I have been using Russian fertilizer since last year, and it's the best. It gives me more yield. It is a brilliant idea, and in Kenya we support him. Wheat flour is very expensive, because we don't have enough grain, so getting more foodstuff from Russia is the best way to go. All right, so here's the last line of this, Erasmus Comas on this. It's uh, for this reason that France is not willing to give up Niger without a fight and a potential conflict may loom. Oh, it's, I mean, first line, it's uranium supplies are among the world's largest in Niger, which is absolutely critical for nuclear power. And of course, France is at least going to plan to build that out, I believe. Uh, was it seven? I forget how many uh, uh, Macron, <laughs> in a bizarre way, they, they decided to go in that direction, but whatever. Uh, for this reason, France is not willing to give up Niger without a fight and the potential proxy conflict may loom. If Western-backed interests in the country are defeated, the strategic loss of Niger in terms of the resources it wields would be huge and it is highly likely that China would gain an advantage over the West in the process. Uh, all of this, so, so yeah, so just so know why there are coup attempts now, that this is also part of why, what I'm bringing this up, but also want to drive home the point that the narrative driven by Russia is, is, is a, a, I think, a ridiculous one. I think they could have been more honest in terms of inflicting damage, uh, but instead this is what they're choosing to do and then kind of po put themselves up as, the, as the, the good guy here. And like the West didn't do anything but exploiting these countries. Like, give me a break. Look at the, look at the amount of money we've been given. Um, <clears throat> anyway, all of this has made Niger into the world's most unlikely new frontier. While talk of coups and civil wars in Africa may seem ordinary to Western audience, they are now happening in a new geopolitical environment, widely perceived as a new Cold War, the West condescending attitudes towards Africa. 
A continent that seeks its own independence and prosperity is taking its toll. Doors are opening for other players, and that's why we are here today, RT said. And it was this uh, other headlines I showed uh, in the member show about how Putin said, uh, you know, Africa needs a seat at the table, and they're going to be part of the, you know, deciding now as well. And it's like the West tried to do this, and they have it's it's failed, right? And I think Russia is going to learn that uh, uh, lesson themselves too. Uh, and then, of course, remember, as there's coups and stuff like that, uh, and and clashes. You know, in these countries, Senegal, just another uh, other country, right? The Se- Senegalese are not only then having a coup and fighting in Senegal, they're they're fighting in France now, right? There's so many Senegalese people there that now they're burning down Paris. <laughs> and so they're rioting and destroying things in France because a Senegalese politician, Ousmane Zanko, was arrested in Senegal. <laughs> in Senegal. They're rioting in France. This is the logical consequences. I think it was Alex de Fremens told us said this. Logical consequences of mass migration, international conflicts are exported to us through these diasporas. And then, of course, again, we got to pay the bills. We got to fork out all the money. We're getting all the conflicts. We're getting the shit for it. And then, you know, whatever you do, you can't win, essentially. It's like a hopeless uh, situation. Uh, but anyway, there, there are clashing clashes between police and protesters in Senegal now as well. Quick clip here. All right. Anyway, you get the point. And then don't don't forget now. Uh, this is the other thing, right? The BRICS, the BRICS countries, very important. Um, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and <clears throat> South Africa, right? That's one of the, uh, the, the that's the S uh, in BRICS. What, ju- what just happened in South Africa, right? You have the EFF, the Economic Freedom Fighters, the third largest party in the country. Once again, after Malema, the head of that party, was not convicted on hate speech charges after saying, kill the boar, kill the farmer, pum, pum. What does he do? He goes up on a huge stage and sings that song once again. Imagine what would be the equivalent. Uh, BRICS is is kind of something like the the G7 or something like that, or not maybe the EU. I wouldn't say that, but like it's it's an international alliance. More countries are seeking to align themselves to that. Imagine that the third largest party in one of those countries. We're talking about like killing all the blacks. <laughs> Imagine that, you know, something like that. You said, I mean, there's going to be no denunciation from 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 a Putin over this. We're like, well, okay, they're part of the BRICS countries. This is a worrying trend. What are you talking? We'll see. Look, maybe he will say something. I'm saying, watch. Don't hold your breath, first of all. But that that rhetoric is normal and stuff, and it's always against white, but always against European, always against the Westerners. <clears throat> it's always our fault, although we're the one who weren't benefiting from any of this. It's absolutely sickening seeing these new <clears throat> geopolitical 
um, circumstances kind of arising and presenting themselves or you know, revealing themselves, I guess, in one way. And then at the end of the day, but all parties, everybody, even including our leaders that supposedly are supposed to be on the Western sides are shitting on us. They're replacing us. They hate us. Then the opposite guy who could have actually, you know, uh, you know, underline that point. And he's made, you know, occasionally I should, I shouldn't mention, I, I should mention occasionally like Putin had said things like that, which is, which is good. And, and that's, I'm glad he's done that. Right. Of like, oh, well, the, the leaders in the West have turned their back on their people and the, you know, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're trying to replace them or something like that. But then to see this kind of like on the international stage, um, you know, uh, going after, you know, oh, it's the colonialists in the West. That's the problem, the, the, you know, <laughs> the, the Europeans, you know, kind of thing. Uh, look, they, they have squeezed out Russia. I understand what the, I understand why they're doing what they're doing, that, that this is politically expedient to them. And it's just a maneuver. They don't really care. You know, what I mean, uh, it's a sad state of things. I, I just wish it was more honesty. And you could see we had any leader anywhere in the world that spoke up against the injustices, right? Um, against us and and how we've forked out have we've paid have we're economically destroying our countries not a, not not only now to get endless money to these african countries while while we have people starving on our streets now it's all our military gear endless of billions to ukraine right to, to fight russia uh, it's 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 insane all right anyway Gunnar over on uh entropy says uh, we're so proud of your work someday we will match up in idaho for beer yeah let us know thank you Gunnar. i appreciate that uh we're here Love to see you. All right, thank you guys. Um, I think that's, I think that's it. Wasp TV says uh, Henrik, those are Anglo-Saxons in Brussels, Oive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. That's that's the line. Remember the uh, after Nord Stream? It's the Anglo-Saxons that did this, and you've seen that kind of rhetoric. And that's my point. It's like, what the? F <laughs> it's a, is this the is this the greatest intelligence failure of the twenty first century? Um, I guess a little bit of the uh, twenty twentieth century as well, but. Or is, it, or is it dishonest? What's going on here, right? All right. Anyway, these are some of the things we'll continue to uh, we'll continue to follow. Some of this, uh, it's uh, it's not going to end tomorrow. It's going to just pick up steam and pick up speed. But just uh, know why you're seeing some of the conflicts in these countries now as well uh, in uh, in West Africa. All right, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining us today. We've gone over time here a little bit, so I do need to wrap up. I appreciate uh, all of you. Uh, please join us over at RedEyesMembers.com. Go over there, sign up for a membership. It's quick, easy, only 10 bucks a month. It will not really make a huge difference, I believe, to your and your bottom line. If you uh, help us out with $10 a month, please consider it. It's a very small uh, uh, thing. It's basically what... Uh, three cups of coffee if you spread that out uh, over the course of four weeks something like that it's not a lot but it helps us tremendously and the more people we get in on a membership the uh, better we can become the more we can grow the more people we can get aboard to uh, so definitely do consider it you can also use donorbox.org slash red eyes if you have any issues for some reason on redeyesmembers.com everything is on there for you on the website but it's quick and easy to sign up we don't even need your real name or anything like that there's no link between kind of you as a payment uh your name or your, your payment and stuff like stuff like that and link to us it's just two different systems that are communicating uh so you, we just need an email and a uh, username really that's it and so you can be anonymous if that's a concern or an issue to you you can also use odyssey.com slash at Red Eyes TV. We upload all the newest or latest content there, so you can see it there. We won't get put all the archives on there. It's just too much. All of the uh, old archives are on redeyesmembers.com. 
Uh, if you send us a message, like if you sign up on Odyssey, we can give you like a, a you know a month or two, so you can go into on Red House members and grab that. But it's just too hard and complicated to try to keep up with the accounts, whether they're active or not on Odyssey, and then also keep that up open on RedHouseMembers.com. So I, I, I hope you have understanding with that. Uh, so uh, if you do, are, if you are very concerned about getting things in the archives, uh, do consider RedHouseMembers.com. Otherwise, Subscribestar or Odyssey works well as uh, as well, I should say. Uh, all right, and then we have a couple of different uh, supporter tiers as well. We have a, a producer and an executive producer tier. For those of you who want a shout out at the end of the show, uh, you can get that on all the uh, same places, Red Eyes members, Subscribestar or Odyssey. Uh, you have the uh, addresses right there on screen or you can find the links down below. With that, thank you so much to our executive producers today, T. Lothrop Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Nabunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom. We have the second Wanderer. Thank you for joining us in chat today. Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker, Yaki, Dillbob. We also have Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart. Thank you, man. Purple Haze, and JP. That's our executive producers. And then we have our producers. Mr. Walker, 696, Yuanson, Leroy Dumont, Snark Pup, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Urinu, Obadiah Hexwell, Single Action Army, and George Porge. And I do need to update those. That's uh, uh, one thing I do have to tend to here as soon as possible. I think we have a couple of new ones. So I want to get you guys in there as well. Always send us an email. Uh, if you need to, redeyesaproach.com. Let us know that you've signed up, what name you'd like to have in the credits if you're a new uh, you know, executive producer or producer. Uh, once again, if you want to step up to the plate, help us so that we can be here for you and be your voice of getting our message out, please consider getting one of those executive producer tiers or a producer tier because it helps us tremendously as well. All right, let me double check, make sure we're caught up here right at the end. We have more interviews coming up. We're also, of course, uh, going to be back with Flashback Friday. Uh, more clips are coming as well. We always do shorter clips these days, so that's coming. Uh, but I think we're caught up. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, we will see you on the next one. As always, have more white babies. Stay positive, white-pilled. Keep fighting. Expose these bastards. Get the information out there. Share our content. Help spread our videos. We'll see you guys later. Take care. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.